What's up, Candy Lickers? Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. Welcome back again to Casio's Cut. Excited to be back. Excited you are checking it out again. Just want to thank all my guests that joined me last episode for Humans of StarCast. We had such a blast in Las Vegas for the wrestling and podcast convention out there at Caesars and Tuscany. Interviewing everybody after the rap party. Absolute blast. And I'm getting tons of positive feedback. I just to, just to clear up a few questions from last episode, the Vietnam vet. Did not end up fighting us. Uh, he did calm down after we got off the mic. He was there for the wrestling convention. He had a Bullet Club t-shirt on. He was ready to go. He was a wrestling supporter. We didn't do anything to set him off. You heard it in its entirety. He just uh, flipped on a switch, but we got him calmed down. We're all good. Look, here's word of advice. Don't pick the runt of a litter, okay? That's it. You just pick the big dog every time, especially if it's a Doverman. You won't get in any trouble, guys. It's that easy. Also, I get a lot of feedback on social media asking me the theme song to the show. It is called White Trash Superstar. So shout out to Linum is the name of the band. Jacob Bunton, David Linum, and Mark Desire, my boys. Linum, check them out. They are very talented guys, and that is their song, White Trash Superstar. You can find that online anywhere you check out music. As some of you know, I am a radio host in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, I've, you can check out a promo of our show, the Jimbo and Cassio Show, on Rockin' 95.1 at the end of every episode of Cassio's Cut, so stay tuned after the episode is over. Also, you can listen online at therocket951.com. Hit us up on my social media. Uh, I'm a stand-up comic as well, so you can keep up to date on all my gigs that I'm out and about. Just had a great time at Stand Up Live in Huntsville with Jamie Kennedy this past weekend. Uh, saw Andrew Kahn and Catfish Cooley. Also was with Brent Terhune at Zany's Nashville, who you will hear in an upcoming episode as well. Uh, also, I will be with What Happened When, Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson, their live podcast shows. I will be with them June 22nd and 23rd. Those shows are in Baltimore and St. Louis. So be sure to check out the WHW podcast, What Happened When, and you can get your tickets to those shows before they sell out. I'm excited to be traveling with those guys as well. And look, hey, if you got a theater, if you know somebody that's got a club, uh, whatever, hey, if you know somebody that's got a club, if you book a club, I'll be happy to do stand-up anywhere and add it to my tour schedule and try to get to your town as well. So uh, hit me up on social media, at Casio's Cut, and let me know for any booking inquiries there as well. Also, I've had some fan art coming in. I'm going to be slinging those up 
on our social media. So if you've got, if you're a graphics guy, if you're an artist, uh, if you want to draw something from the show, draw a logo. If you want to uh, put any of our audio to uh, video and draw something with it, I'll be more than happy to help you out uh, and we'll greatly appreciate it. So let me know there and uh, I'll hook you up, man. This is going to be a fun, interactive show. I want us to all be involved and enjoy the ride together. Also, I've had some fan art coming in. I'm going to be slinging those up on our social media. So if you've got, if you're a graphics guy, if you're an artist, uh, if you want to draw something from the show, draw a logo. If you want to uh, put any of our audio to uh, video and draw something with it, I'll be more than happy to help you out uh, and we'll greatly appreciate it. So let me know there and uh, I'll hook you up, man. This is uh, going to be a fun, interactive show. I want us to all be involved and enjoy the ride together going to be debuting a new couple features next week so i'm excited about that so be listening uh for next week's episode for our brand new features plus this is interactive if you want to uh, be interactive with the show be sure you follow us all on our social media at casio's cut and that is on instagram uh, that is on twitter and that is on facebook as well at casio's cut c-a-s-i-o-s-c-u-t uh, my personal account is at the Casio Kid. You can follow me there as well if you don't already. We appreciate all the interaction and all the feedback on all the shows. And, of course, that's how they can find it anywhere they listen to podcasts. It should be up there. And if it's not, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but if you had to go out of your way to get it somewhere and it's not where you usually listen, tell me about it, and I'll do my best to figure out what box I need to check to get it to where you listen. So I appreciate that and all the interaction on social media. This week, very funny guy, very good friend of mine. Uh, Did shows with him before. He's a comedian, and you are going to love him. His career is starting to skyrocket, and I could not be more happier for him. It is Dusty Slay. Slay all day, as they say, and we're going to have a good time. So you got to ask yourself, are you in? Because I'm in, and he's in. It's my man, Dusty Slay. What's up, buddy? All right. We're having a good time. Already? We're you know? having a good Are yeah. you in? I am in. He's in. He's in yeah. having a good time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're going to go through your story. We're going to get to where you are now. Uh, you uh, are a fellow, me and you, fellow Alabamians. That's true. That is true. Um, as the authorities come to pick us up. But, yeah. Uh, uh, you, as uh, Hank Williams Jr. would say, I was one of the chosen few <laughs> to be born in Alabama. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, but you you talk about starting in Charleston. So let's talk about maybe how we get to Charleston. Okay. Okay. So, are you class clown in in high school? Are you that guy? Everybody's going. You should be a comedian, man. I don't know. I mean, everybody always tells me I thought that I was, okay. but everyone tells me now they were like, "Oh, you were so shy." <laughs> <laughs> right and i'm and like you're like no i was letting it all hang out <laughs> yeah i was like no I, I thought it was pretty funny i mean i thought i was really really doing it <laughs> <laughs> but apparently not yeah really i was very shy did you get voted anything in the yearbook or anything uh, i Most think so spirit, uh, we didn't do a lot of those things but i got like i used to wear these flame boots i had these uh flame boots. yeah but people like them i think and uh <laughs> so i you know i got voted like most fashionable like that oh. kind of like not fashionable. I don't think it was fashionable. Like he dresses really nice. They're like this guy dresses wild. You just, but you just did your own thing. Yeah. So they were like, we got to give him something. Yeah. For 
wearing those boots. I think every so. Day. Yeah. Now we should say you're is it Opelika or Auburn? Opelika. Okay, Opelika, Opelika High School, yeah. Yeah, this is how I knew you were starting to get famous is my cousins were Oh yeah. Were emailing me going, Hey, I went to school with that guy. Like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> what, what am I supposed to tell him that? And yeah. We're gonna bond over that. We just bonded. We did a show together. That yeah. bonded us. Yeah, we more did a than... weekend in Chattanooga. We had a great time. <laughs> That's more bonding than me yeah. going, Hey, uh, my cousin went to school with you. Yeah, we hung out in a pool hall for a long time and never played pool. But, but we did. We did. <laughs> yeah. But my cousin will be listening, so I should say, I told you that. Right? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I did tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I told you. You did. Okay. So we, we did. We've, uh, so you're coming from, you're coming from Opelike, Alabama. Opelike, yep. You're most fashionable. We've got that down pat now. Yeah. Not class clown yet. No. You don't have this look yet either. I've seen old pictures. This no. is not your look. No. I, in high school, I had I had like uh, I shaved my head, and then when it got a little bit long, I bleached it, and then so I let it grow out. Like Eminem. Yeah, I let I bleached it like Eminem. But honestly, before I knew Eminem, people started calling me <laughs> Slim Shady at work. I was working at Western Sizzlin, and uh, <laughs> we were calling me Slim Shady. And uh, I was like, I don't know who that is. You don't know who it yeah, is? Yeah, I was like, I don't, yeah. So I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You're close to, what are you, you're in your 30s, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, it was out. People so it was prom Slim Shady But I've been out. a country music fan for a long, you're it, hardcore country. Yeah, it took me, I mean, I branched out a bit. I listened to some Matchbox 20, some, <laughs> some stuff like that, you know, some. Who didn't like Smooth, okay? <laughs> right, they got it all right, of us, right. all right? <laughs> Rob and Rob and Santana got us. Yeah, then I got into classic rock, which is as close to country as you can get without being country. Especially southern rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leonard Skinner, that's basically Skinner, country. Skinner, Marshall Tucker, yeah. and you're just like, yeah, you're you our country. Yeah, with electric guitars, <laughs> right. kinda, you know? Yeah. All right, so so the people's calling you Slim Shady. You have no idea why. I didn't know why. And Working there was the no Sizzler, YouTube back as then. As my dad calls it, the Sizzler. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, not a... Not nothing sizzling there. It's just the whole sizzler. Yeah. Well, they bring out the food on metal plates. Right. It's, it's... Yes. <laughs> well, he does it. He calls it the sizzler buffet. Oh, uh, I'm not sure oh, why he very it fancy. Up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's from Ottawa County. There's nothing fancy <laughs> yeah. about our western sizzling. People, they used to have a thing called fatback, which even as country as I grew up, I didn't know what that was. Which is literally the fat part of a back. Yeah. Right? It's pretty And then simple. it's deep fried. Right. And people get mad when it's not available. <laughs> Man, we have a prime rib over there. Yeah, my name is Fatback. Yeah. Right. So so what are you doing? Uh, let's go. What are you doing at the sizzle? Are you bus boy? I'm wait, you waiting sir? tables. I'm the, only, waiting. I'm the only male server. Okay. And about the only one under 50. <laughs> do, you, do you guys have the buffet yet? Yeah, oh, yeah. Still do? Okay. Oh, yeah. It's still there. That, so that, you basically walked up and said, what are you drinking? And then never saw them again. Right. And they would give me $1. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> so you're used to comedy pay then? Oh yeah, it's the same thing. Oh yeah, I mean, like I, I think the <laughs> it was uh, the Opelika uh, Western Sizzling is great. I mean, I love it. it, but it's still there. It's still kicking. The Western has fallen off the sign. It just says Sizzling. So now. maybe my dad was on the. I think so. He knew they were turning yeah. it. just the Sizzling. I think so. Okay. So it's located near the interstate. So people, a lot of truckers are coming in. Okay. So I think they're mad that they get the the young boy server. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they wanted a little eye candy. Yeah, yeah. Coming in. They were hoping to get Beverly. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And they got instead they got Dusty. 
<laughs> Slim Shady. Yeah. Even yeah. they knew who Slim yeah. Shady was. Yeah, some, old, some southern trucker comes in, and here comes a 16-year-old kid with bleached hair. <laughs> okay, so you survive the sizzling. Yeah. Do you get fired, or do you quit? Oh, I quit. Yeah, so I quit. like... Big ordeal or just no show or what? No, I did two week notice. You know, I okay. did. You know, I'm Standard I'm like, procedure. hey, I'm about to quit, and uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> letting you guys know. I'm winding down here. <laughs> did you have a plan in place? Oh no, no, not not no. When I was I worked there twice at Western <laughs> Sizzle. Of course, yeah. At sixteen, I worked. I feel there. like we all one of our first jobs. We all go back there again. We leave yeah. it and think it's horrible, and then go to another part-time job as a young guy and go now i've had it pretty good over there yeah i mean yeah. it's not that hard <laughs> i mean i thought it was because i was 16 but what, was, what did you go what did you go after sizzling uh, i went to let's see oh i went to work at uh uh jim bob's jim okay. bob's chicken fingers in opelika <laughs> okay. yeah there's a couple of locations all right <laughs> sure yeah so and waiting there you're waiting tables there. Fry cook. I, well, oh, actually, I went. To, I was dishwasher, and then moved and then down, I then and then I was up. like and then I was like the sauce preparer. You know, Ooh. I made I made the coleslaw and the special sauce. What's this? Do you can you give away this? Well, it's sauce? Uh, ketchup, yeah. m- mayonnaise, Worcestershire sauce. However you say that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, salt and pepper, and I, I think that's it. And then but you're we, not gonna tell. I, you don't have to tell us the parts because that's the secret. Yeah. And how you, much is a, of what? Oh right. Yeah. And then you take a drill with a, you know, like a a Egg baking beater? thing on. Yeah. And okay. then you put it in there and stir it up. Like in the five gallon five bucket? gallon bucket. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would have to pour it into little souffle cups. So it was a very intricate job. Right. <laughs> I they trusted you with that. They did. Were you? Did you take to it, or were you like, this is the most miserable time of my well, life. Well, it was all right because you'd usually have a partner back there, and we okay. would just mess around. Yeah. You know, we were 17, 18, just messing around. The key to any part, the key to any teenage job is have one of your buddies work there with you. Yeah. So we can all be in misery together. And then in, in, in Jim Bob's, it was the girls that worked out front, the guys that worked in the back. Okay. So Typical yeah, college And the girls yeah. were always attractive. Yeah. So I would make the sweet tea also. And then I got to take it out front and pour it into the. And so that well, was the you, best part. You got all kind of job Yeah, you just walk right through. All the girls get to talk to them for a second. Building the arms up, <laughs> yeah. and holding the titty. Yeah. You got to go yeah. on. Yeah, and then I bust. We busted a hole in the wall after hours wrestling. Okay. Uh, we I got you know we threw each other into the wall. I won't say I got thrown in, but uh, <laughs> somebody did. Somebody did, and we got you know it was fine. But was this a full blown fight, or you're just calling? We're oh, we're wrestling. Play? Yeah, I mean we're just playing. Okay. They wasn't like argument fight. No, no. We're no. just getting into it. Just kidding. Having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you got fired for that? No, no. I quit. I quit. What I did there was I was out partying, and I went in the next day, and I was not feeling well. Sure. And then several people didn't show up for work, so I was going to have to wash the dishes, make the sauce, and do a little cooking, and it looked like a nightmare, and I said, I'm going to go ahead and go on break. And then so I just, just left. Set the place on fire <laughs> yeah, I left and never came back. <laughs> I you feel their last line of defense was like <laughs> <laughs> you left them all hanging. I really did. It's not doesn't show good character. You could have been like promoted after yeah. that day. I wouldn't do it now, but back then, <laughs> if, you, if you could have saved the day for the entire restaurant, yeah. Back then, I was all about myself. <laughs> you, you bailed on them. Yeah, I said I got to. Is go. that when you went back to Sizzler? 
Yeah, I, I did. I can't. I don't remember the order exactly, but Papa John's was in there somewhere. <laughs> okay. I did uh, delivered pizza for a while. I oh, think that was. Guy. Okay. I think that was after Western Sizzling the second time. See, I did. I I got stuck in the pizza world. I did a okay. grocery store in the middle of the pizza, and that was a bad move by on my. I part. never could get the grocery store to hire me. You didn't want it. Yeah. You didn't want to. That was no. a good move. That was a good move on you. But I, I did Caesars. Pizza Hut grocery store, and it drove me back to Caesars. Okay, I went, I, I realized, like you said, I, I realized how good I had it. Yeah, pizza, delivering pizza. pizza is actually a really fun <laughs> job. Uh, and then, then you also in the re- in the restaurant world realize how gross it is. Oh yeah, because it, it is seventeen year old boys making your food. Yeah, and I mean, I was I never messed with people's pizza, right. but I mean, you it's just it. riding around in somebody's car. Well, you you made me think. I remember one of my one of my the bad move for this downhill Caesars. It, by the way, it it closed down. It, we 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 ran it that far into the ground. Oh. It's back open now under new management, of right. course. But <laughs> right. <laughs> they hired like six of us, all in the same grade. We just kept going. Well, I'm gonna refer my friend, and so we were all boys. There was nobody to call the madness. Yeah. Basically, it was just all chaos. And when I remember one night, I look over. And one kid's smoking out the back, and one kid is stirring the pizza sauce in that big vat. He's stirring it with his hand, oh. and he, like, comes up, and, like, he's into, like, his own fantasy world. Like, it's blood, and he's, like, he was anime guy. Yeah. You know, that oh. guy. So <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, like, karate sword guy in, 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 in high school. So he's, like, talking to himself, like, with pizza sauce dripping. I'm, like, what are we doing here? This is, this yeah. is chaos right now. Yeah, there, yeah, there was a lot of goth kids at the Papa John's too. They were going to college at Auburn. They could stay in the back? Is it because they could stay hidden? I think so. Yeah, they had like, yeah, it was it was weird. There was a goth vibe going on. Those kids are right. One, Caesar, the, one yeah. of the lady, she was like, "I'm I'm a Wiccan or whatever," and that was before being a Wiccan was cool. Now everybody's a Wiccan. It's but 2019. Yeah, now. she was like, she was like proclaimed Wiccan pagan, and it was like in in Opelika, She's Alabama. In the yeah, she was. That was edgy. Oh, Opelika. Yeah, yeah, that was edgy. Woo. I was manager. Have you seen Wiccan Lady lately? Or did no, she just, I don't she know. Vanished? I actually don't know any of the people that I work. I mean, a couple, <laughs> like I had some friends that I went to school with working there too. Okay. I know those guys still, but people that I exclusively met at Papa John's, gone. no connection. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just, it's just gone. So. I was manager there for one day. One uh, day? One day. They, they had trained me a little bit to be manager, but then it never happened. But one day my boss came in and he was like, I got some stuff to do. Uh, you're going to be manager today. And I was like, cool. And so he he gave me like crash course of what to do. And I was like, okay. And then the whole day went fine. I was just hanging out, calling my buddies. It was nothing different. Yeah, I was calling my buddies. They were coming around behind the counter. I was showing them that I was manager on the computer. <laughs> you said your name and manager and that was Yeah, it. yeah. And it just showed, I was like, look at this. I'm the manager today. And You guys want some breadsticks or what? I'm manager. Yeah. And then paperwork time came. I had no idea how to do the paperwork. A guy stayed behind to help me, and then we, we figured— Was he assistant manager? He was just a guy working there he who knew I was be... in over my head. Okay. And he was—you know, he was—unlike me, he didn't abandon the ship. <laughs> he could have quit on you. Yes, but he, he stuck around. And so it came time to lock the door at the end, and they'd given me this giant set of keys. Oh, okay. And I could not find the key to lock the door. <laughs> so I called—I mean, I looked through every key. Couldn't find it. And I called the manager, 
And I was like, and his wife answered or whatever. And I was, or, or I don't know. But he was like, all right, I'll come down there. And he was not happy. Because you so, ruined his day off. Yeah. He so ended up having to come in. So we kept messing around and eventually we found the key. So I called him right back and I was like, and his wife, this is before cell phone or before prominent right. cell phones. And then he was like, his wife was like, don't tell him you found it. Because he's already on the he's way. He's on the way. She's like, don't tell him you found <laughs> he's it. He's going to be really mad. So I took the key off and hid the key. What? So when he got there, it wasn't on there. Where did you hide it? Like I just in the office somewhere. <laughs> so How did you lock the door? He did came. He... he came with his own key. Oh, he had his own. Right, deal. but I was like, "See, it's not on here." <laughs> I see how you are now. Yeah, this is revealing. This Jesse is old Slay. school. This is years ago. This right. is. I mean, this is a whole You've life. Corner since I was eighteen. I'm thirty-seven. This is a <laughs> lifetime ago. You've turned a corner yeah. since then. All right, so you're still not doing anything comedy-wise, though. Oh, no. Never 18. even never even a thought. I don't even know that it's possible. Okay, now we're going to college. Are you going to college? Are you doing I'd, college? I signed up for Southern Union. Okay. Uh, they are in Opelika Community College. So you can say you go to Auburn. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> stay I, in Auburn. I That's for people who flunk out of Auburn, and they get to stay down there. Exactly. And go to Southern Union. Yeah, they go, I'll go to Auburn. Well, I'm taking some classes at Southern Union right now, but I'll, you know. <laughs> and their parents still think they're going to Auburn. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. So I, I did that. I signed up for two classes, and I went to each one of those one time. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> what was it for? Was it just general? Well, it was just math and I, just I just, basic. I just went down there and I was like, hey, I just want to take some classes. And they were like, well, you can't just take classes. I just want to, nobody in the history is walking <laughs> to a college. Man, I just want to take some classes. And I was, she was like, you need a major. And I was like, all right, business. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some management experience. <laughs> right, right. So I did, and it was like a couple people from my high school were in my class. No attractive girls. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't like this. I don't know why I'm doing this. These people that are in my class that I know, I can see them after school. <laughs> right. You know? And we can actually talk. Yeah. Not just have to sit through something. Yeah, so I got out of that quick. I was like, I just did this. Like, I started community college as computer science. Okay. And was taking... The, that first semester, I was doing computer science and stuff like that, and I was like, "No, no, no! I, I just, guys, I just wanted to mess around on the. I'm, I like, <laughs> right. I like AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what this is. Yeah, I, I, I was the fast typer in high school. That's what I thought we were doing. I didn't oh, know we were yeah. actually coding. You know, I thought I was um, totally misguided. Yeah, and luckily got out of that. The same thing. Like, what are we doing here? Right. That's what I mean. It's like college is for people that like. Well, at least it used to be. I don't know what it's for now, but it used to be for people that like really knew what they wanted to do. They're like, this is what I want to yeah. do. I want to study this. People that have motivation. Yeah. Not for me. No. I was so, like, I'm just trying to get out of the house a little bit. So <laughs> so, so what, what, what happens? Where are we going? What are we doing now? So then I uh, eventually ended up back at Western Sizzling for the second time. <laughs> sure. And then I... Uh, one day I tried to join the army. I got the army. Yeah, I got a guy came in to Western Sizzler one day. Are you still day. slim shaded out at this point? Now this would be. What uh, look is this going in? Are I you, don't know. I might have had. I had a shaved head. I had a lot of hair looks. Buff? I had a lot of hair. Well, not really. So you're not what army was, shaped. What was happening was I was just bored, right? <laughs> and I'm working at Western they Sizzler. Free socks. This guy <laughs> comes in. He's an older guy. He tells me he used to be in the army and how fun it was and where he went all these places. And I was like. That sounds pretty good. So he was a recruiter. Maybe. Like an <laughs> undercover recruiter. Yeah, right. yeah. Very good. 
And so I went to the recruiter's office. You've seen Paris, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I got off work. I drove straight down to the Army recruitment office, said, I want to join the Army. So I signed up, and I did my physical. And then uh, I got back from my physical, and that night I got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see this story taking that turn. I did not see this story going there. Yeah, so I got arrested uh, for underage consumption of alcohol. And uh, Blanca, what else is there? To do? I know, I know. I wasn't. Okay. I really wasn't drunk. Like I say this, eighteen years later, all honesty. I had two sips of the. What happened? I was going to meet these. He's gr- not checking. You can yeah. tell us you were drunk. I was going to meet these girls at 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 the trailer park that I would eventually live live in. Okay. And uh, they they called. I talked to them. They were like, "Come over." And I was like, "Cool." Me and my buddy, we left. And as we're leaving, this other guy goes, "Hey, I got these two beers left, and I don't want them. Do you want them?" And we were like, "Yes." They were unopened. All we had to do was not open them. But we got in the car. We're like, "We're gonna crack." We got beers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like we're gonna pull up drinking a beer, you know? Because yeah. it's like I, you know, like. Like, nothing that a trailer park girl wants more than knowing that her future boyfriend, she'll be taken to some court dates, you know? (laughs) And so, you know, so I get arrested along the way. Because I, you know, I got pulled over. Obviously, they're going to see him, so I stuff it under the seat, and they smelt it. I was about to say, now it's pouring everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I got arrested. My buddy had weed, and he put it inside the beer bottle. so Uh. So now it became mine. Uh, so I and got. He didn't claim it. No, no. You talk to this guy still? Yeah, I mean, actually, you laugh about it now. Yeah, because I, I'm. It kept me from going to the army. I'm very happy. <laughs> this, yeah, I mean, that's so. I told that was him. The can of destiny, right there, <laughs> yeah. my friend. I mean, that's. It's, this was August of 2001, so okay. I would have been shipped off in August 2001. So I would have been in boot camp when September 11th happened. Oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so things would have changed. Yeah, it would not have been a fun ride. No, I thought, hey, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna, you know, boot camp's gonna be hard, but I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna get some college <laughs> money. I'll meet some women, travel the country, see some stuff. No, no, that, you would have been in the time of, hey, we got serious things. Yeah. So in between my arrest and going to court, I bought the trailer that I grew up in. Okay. For a thousand dollars, and I was like, uh, that your family lived in. Yeah. Okay. So they moved out? They mo- We moved out when I was 14. And you uh, thought, I'm going back to there. Yeah, my sister lived in it. Okay. While, well, in between. And she traded it in on a new trailer. Big time. Yeah, and, uh, and which they're still in debt to. That They got a bad deal. <laughs> I mean, this was... This is 19 years later. Yeah, I know. I know. They're still paying That's it like off. I know. I know. <laughs> they got a bad deal. Is it double Actually, one? I say this, but I, I don't know the full details, uh, but... This guy that did this apparently did it to a lot of people, and they found him dead in the woods. And what, I know my—he well, had a trailer scheme going. Yeah, he worked at like a a trailer company where he just gets you upside down in yeah. a trailer. Yeah, you think you were getting the hell of a deal, and then yeah, and then after a couple of years, you owed more than you owed when you bought it. Was <laughs> he got like a balloon payment on I, a trailer? I don't know, but I don't know anything about loans. But he was, uh, <laughs> yeah, they found him dead, and I know my family didn't do it because they would have talked by now. <laughs> They would have, br- yeah. They would have bragged yeah. about it somewhere, but but somebody got to somebody it. Somebody killed him. Okay. And so 
So I'm living. So I got the trailer for a thousand bucks because I don't think they wanted. If I knew, is any, that the greatest purchase in your life? I think so. I feel like it is. If I had been better at negotiating, I think I could have got them down to a couple of hundred. Because <laughs> I just think Wait, they, you bought it from the trailer place. Yeah, because my she sister traded, traded it in, in and I, they didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, so they're like, "We'll give it to you for a thousand bucks." I was happy it was so cheap. I was like, "Yes, I got a house." Yeah. Okay. So, but I didn't move in. It was pretty trashed. Uh, my sister Thanks, had gotten, sis. they had gotten pretty dirty in there <laughs> and, uh, they're fine now, but they were dirty at the time. <laughs> <Pretty straight there. laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the cabinet, there was roaches in the cabinets and like, it just needed to be. Has there ever been really though a trailer <laughs> traded in that was in solid shape? That's true. You don't trade it in if it's good. <laughs> You're, no, we're running the life yeah. out of a trailer. Yeah. So, but I didn't move in right away. And then a friend talked me into moving in. My brother-in-law worked for a cabinet company, so he got me these really nice cabinets. Oh, yeah. So I had $2,000 cabinets in my $1,000 trailer. <laughs> this is like expensive rims on the on the hoopty car. Exactly. You've got 2,000 cabinets in a 1,000 trailer. Yeah. All right. And I lived there for and then I lived there for a little while, then I went to court and I lost my license for 9 months. Jeez. And then I got underage or I got uh, unsupervised probation for 2 years. Okay. And then, so I'm just kind of stuck out in this trailer now with no license and, uh, don't know what to do. Don't You're know what to do. Anything. Your classes runs over. No more classes. No classes. I'm working at the office <laughs> depot at this point. Okay. And Management level. Yeah. No, I'm stalker. Stalker slash receiver is what they called it Ooh. because it used to be the receiving manager Okay. and then it no longer was a management position. So they offered it to me. <laughs> For no extra pay. <laughs> you just got an extra worry yeah. in your time. <laughs> right. Okay. So I would go in in the morning. So instead of just going in and stocking, I would now go in in the morning and unload the truck, oh, check no. it in, then stock it. No, that's not a good added responsibility. No. And I, every time they fired someone, I would take over that position. I did everything. Well, you got another one for you, Dustin. <laughs> yeah, I was the f- yeah, I did it all. You're MVP. Yeah. And that okay. was un- unappreciated. This is different from Jim Bob's. Yeah, I mean, by this point, I'm getting, I'm getting my, I'm getting my game on. <laughs> you You're know, in your groove. I did get, I got into a fight one time with a guy in there, not physical, an argument, and uh, he was the old receiving manager, and they told me they were going to write me up for insubordination, and I said, "What's that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> what were you just didn't want to do? What were you? Looking back on it, did you deserve to be written up? I don't think so. This still is still fighting no, it. Okay, this is what the this it. is what the guy did. I'm in the back. He comes back there and he gets me. He brings me up to the front. He points to a box on the shelf and he says, "That box is not in the right overhead." So I reached up with my hand, grabbed the box, and then put it in the right place and said, "It was that easy. You could have just did that." <laughs> okay, so he was. You burned him, and he was kind of mad that you popped him. Oh, yeah. Because he was met, quote, unquote. Yeah, I used to burn him all the time, though. I mean, I mean. (laughs) You got a pretty good record against him. Yeah, I was pretty lippy. I mean, I was. Pretty lippy. I don't. I I got fired and rehired one day in there, too. This guy hated Slim Shady. Yeah, this guy came in yelling. My mom worked there, too. And uh, we had a family business at the Office Depot. And, uh, that's how you got the job. Yeah, Be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be honest. That's how you kept getting these promotions. And, and my, this guy came in yelling at my mom about a return. 
And and then I saw him yelling at her, but I'm like, she's fine. And then she comes back to the break room. I'm back there, I don't know, breaking. And <laughs> and she's she's cry- <laughs> she's crying, right? So oh. I, so I go up there, and then my manager is helping this guy load stuff into his car. So I yelled at the guy, not my manager, the guy. I just told him that, you know, I was like, hey, just so you know, that lady, that's my mom, and you made her cry. And then the next day, so I got my boss yelled Did at me a bunch. Did he feel bad for it? Uh, yeah, the next day he brought her flowers. Oh, strong. Yeah. Well, you won. I won. Yeah, my boss fired me, and then my mom cried again, and then he hired me back right away. Wait, he fired you for popping off to the customer? Yeah, we got into it. Me and him got into an argument. I was like, you wouldn't... He, <laughs> He pulled the old hack trick, you know, I was like, uh, I was like, you wouldn't let anybody talk to your mom like that, and he was like, my mom's dead, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. He's going there. Yeah. Yeah, the, I don't like this guy. Yeah. I don't even know him, I don't like him. I tell you, you haven't seen him. Since I haven't seen him, no. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the Office Depot people either. Now, I'll see a running a, theme here now. I have a history. When I leave a job, <laughs> You're done. I have no friends left. <laughs> yeah. Scorched earth. Yeah. Scorched earth behind Dusty. Yeah. Okay. So now we're leaving Office Depot. Yeah. I'm We've st- still not got into comedy yet. No, I'm still there. And Opa, like, I'm still doing the... Uh, I stayed at Office Depot until I left. So I was no driver's license, hitching rides all the time. I had a guy living with me. You're just now getting through your charges and your license. Deal. Yeah. You're like, I got to get through this. I had a guy living with me uh, for free, but his job was to take me to work every day. Strong. So I had like a That's live-in his chauffeur. His rent is being your chauffeur. Yeah, and he had a, an Isuzu Rodeo, you know, the SUV, and he had oh. big 17-inch rims on there in a system. So Strong. when he would pick me up, I felt very cool, you know? <laughs> I was like, look at me getting picked up. <laughs> right. It should be the other way around. Yeah. And one day... To you, you spun it to a positive. uh, Yeah. I was like, I'm getting chauffeured here in a pretty cool car. (laughs) And one day, this guy, we're at home. I'm I'm playing Grand Theft Auto with some other buddies. This guy... Working on the career. Yeah. Yeah. This guy goes to the store there in Opelika, and not not that there's just one store. The store. The store. But he, he goes in. He has the system blaring. He leaves the car running, goes inside to buy cigarettes or whatever. Somebody jumps in the car, drives off. He never sees it again. They never found it. No, he, they stole it. They completely. <laughs> no. It's just gone. And then he shows up back at the house to tell us, and we're playing Grand Theft Auto, and we're like, <laughs> "Is this the right game right now?" <laughs> the most unironic thing that he needed in his life right then. Yeah. So I gave it a couple of days, and I was like, "Dude, I don't want to bring this up, but I mean, if you're not giving me a ride to work, then you're Dusty. just kind of you're just kind of living here." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know. This I'm like, is why you don't have friends. I know. I was like, you gotta, you gotta hold up your end Did of the you deal. Kick him out? No, he got a new car. <laughs> he's got a new car. <laughs> so he's got, he's got. I think he had quite a bit of payments at that point. <laughs> well, yeah, he's got, he's got the rodeo and a new car. Yeah, this is more than he could have just had his own place. Yeah. He's seen some trouble, though, since then. I mean, we're still friends, but <laughs> this is the first. Yeah, Facebook friends. I haven't seen him in years. Okay. So He'll come up to your next. Yeah, time. he got arrested uh, for stealing some parachutes out of the Opelika Armory one time. He was in the. I have a newspaper well, clipping. Take some cojones right <laughs> I there. Know, I know he got caught, but <laughs> I mean, he wasn't good at it. But yeah, how did he get caught? I don't know. I was living in Charleston by this time, so I just saw it in the newspaper. How does he? 
parachute. What's the end game for parachutes? I don't know. I mean, are we, I think... we hawking those to a skydiving place? <laughs> I guess so. What's the end game on like what skydive place is like? <laughs> yeah, we'll buy these army parachutes here. <laughs> right. You're not going to Craigslist with army parachutes, right? I don't see the end game. I don't either. That might have been a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get caught because there's Maybe. no good end game. Yes, <clears throat> and so, so then I'm hanging out, and then I get the license back. Once I get the license back, I still have to wait for the probation. So he's out. He moves out shortly after I get my license back. And, you know, and then I'm just, you know, I'm living it up. I'm living in my trailer, $120 a month rent. I'm making a solid 220 a week at Office Depot. Oh, you're in the black. Uh, yeah. You're in the black. Yeah. <laughs> you are in the black. So I'm just hanging, you know, living life. And, uh, and then when, once I get off probation, I move to Charleston with another friend. We just we wanted to go but to just to get out. Yeah, we wanted to go to Savannah, Georgia, and we no thought job Sa- leads or anything. No, no, <laughs> no. This is just to oh, go. We thought Savannah was cool, so we right. went there. But his dad was living in Charleston, so we went up to Charleston to visit, and we were like, "Oh, this is better," because <laughs> you were there. Yeah, right. We were like, "This is better. Well, this is better than Savannah." <laughs> right. yeah, Obviously, I mean, I, I I don't like to trash Opelika, but I just needed to get out of my hometown. You know what I mean? Exactly. Opelika is great. But I don't want to stay there my whole life. Correct. So, um, so then I'm in Charleston. My buddy, he actually, his dad got him a job at the hospital. He was making great money. I transferred with Office Depot, still making roughly two twenty a week. <laughs> and now my rent, now you're in a bigger city. And my rent's gone from you know one twenty to six hundred. Yeah. You know, so now I'm like, okay, we gotta maybe four fifty. Either way, too much for me. So then, me and my buddy, he moves his girlfriend up right away and now they're married they have kids we've all made up they're great i'm still friends with them <laughs> we've all made up but which means we're about to turn south for yeah but we got into uh i mean we lasted two months we were fighting all the time moved his girlfriend up our whole plan was to go and hang out in this new city as buddies yeah we're boys and we're taking over charles yeah and then he moves his girlfriend up and they're going to dinner and stuff oh. i'm like dude what's this this is a relationship? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want a female companion? <laughs> yeah. What kind of weirdo are you? We're supposed to be taking this town by storm right now. I know. I know. And here, here you are, hanging out at the house. <laughs> here you are. Yeah, by the way, because I've had this same situation. When I, when I moved to Los Angeles, the guy was like, I'm in an apartment. Just come stay at my apartment. And by the literally... In the three days it took me to drive out with my dad with a U-Haul and truck, he got engaged and she moved in with a kid, oh. <laughs> so, a one-year-old. Like, and then he's going to work, and I'm sitting there with him, his wife, and oh, no. his fiance, and one-year-old. And, I, <laughs> and now she's like reporting on whether I did enough to get out of the house. Yeah, I don't think he'd put in any resumes anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, she's giving report cards, and I'm like. Dude, this this was like you said. This wasn't the plan, right? We're deviating from the plan here. Yeah, we're gonna rip we're gonna rip Charleston by storm. Now you got a now you got a girl, right? Okay, so so we had gotten to a fight, and he said, you know, if you don't like it, you can move out, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. And but I didn't know I didn't have anywhere to go. So I was in an improv class though. I I'd take I'd signed up for an improv class in between because I had no As a whim. <clears throat> yeah, I had no friends. Uh, in this new town, my new buddy wasn't my friend now. And so at Office Depot, it was, I mean, it was, in, in Opelika, there was at least college students that worked there. 
in Charleston, it was all old people that worked at the. I couldn't. I was like, "Hey, you want to go have a beer after work?" Nobody would go have a beer with me. The one guy that was my friend didn't drink, and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so, so you're a lone wolf here. I mean, there's a 60 year old black man there. I'm like, "You want to go have a beer after?" I bet we, had, you know. And he's like, "He's like, nah, dude." <laughs> you know. <laughs> What's your look now? You don't have the look. You don't have this. No, look I had yet. long hair. I did have. I've had long hair a couple of different if, times. If you haven't seen Dusty, uh, so you know what's going on. We got long hair. We got a long beard. We got the big glasses. Always in a big hat. Yeah. But this isn't your look now in Charleston. You've got the long hair now. Long hair, mustache, a little mustache, a little goatee. I was trying that Johnny Depp okay. look. Okay. All right. Not real. Is it connected goat? No, I can't really. I mean, it's it, I it connects a bit, but right, it looks like it. Connects. Yeah, I got to let the top grow down more. <laughs> That's not gonna yeah, do. Yeah, it's a false connect. <laughs> right, it's, it's not really a hookup. Dude. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, it's not. so you got a little, you got a little depth goatee and long yep. hair, and I'm and I'm working and uh, and you're trying to hang out with a six year old black <laughs> right, <laughs> or anyone, anyone. But that was probably not where you should have started. Right. I could have saw that shot down. Yeah, I'm like... Yeah. We saw that coming. Yeah, I'm like, you want to go for a beer? And, you know... <laughs> no, I don't. In fact, I don't. And yeah, so I'm drinking alone. I'm doing stuff like that. And so I see this. It's at adult improv classes. And I don't even know what... I know it's comedy. But I'm like, I'm going to do it. So I signed up. Taking the classes. Actually, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's going well. And then one day this guy stands up. There's like, there's like ten of us in there, and he's like, he's like, this may be a long shot, but my roommate just moved out. So if anybody's looking for a place to live, I need a roommate. And I was like, oh, Destiny. that's me. So I moved in with this guy, and my buddy. When I when I moved in with this guy, that's when my buddy was like, he was pretty shocked because he, I mean, we're friends now. It's still one of my best friends, but he was big time in me. He fe- he felt like, oh, this guy, he's making two twenty a week. He's not moving right. out. You know, yeah. and then when I moved out, he was like, oh. And, uh, you grow up and you grow up. Yeah, and up. then uh, his girlfriend uh, moved back to Opelika. Oh, no. So he's just alone. Like broke up or she was like, they no, broke I up. need to go back. They broke up for a while. Yeah, I think she just wanted to go back, but I think that led to them breaking up. Oh, no. But then so we, so he called me and he, you know, he was like, he was humbled. Now you've moved on. Yeah, so he called me and then we started hanging out again. Everything's fine. <laughs> we just couldn't live together. Okay. I mean, well, let, he, so so he's at my first improv recital, you know. So I'm I'm doing a little improv. I'm doing a little comedy. I'm feeling good. Well, let me go back for a second because something's got to drive you to go. I need to go in improv because I, I I've told people, and I don't think people unless they unless they experience it, they just assume all comedy's the same, and it's not. Improv yeah. and Improv's comedy and stand-up comedy are literally two different demons. Now, you can figure out how to get... Like, I mean, that's what I started in improv, and I had to figure out how to get that translated on, that st- on stage. But, you, like, I see your stand-up now. There's not... You're not... It's not a lot of improv stuff going on. I mean, you can no. flow with the crowd, but yeah. it's not quote-unquote improv comedy. Well, I mean, I think that... I mean, I during that time, I mean, I liked stand-up, but I never even considered being a stand-up comic. So are you going to improv class literally just to meet other people? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. And I like like shows like Tom Green and yeah. things like that, like more sketch comedy stuff. I like that. So I'm like, maybe that's something I can get into. But mainly it's like improv was like my kickball 
or my, okay. you know, I'm like, I need a group. Just I need something some on the side. Let's do something. Yeah. You know, so I did this improv and I'm like, and, and it's important to understand that, you know, I grew up in Opelika and my parents almost never traveled. The trips that we went on were like to Gatlinburg, uh, almost exclusively Gatlinburg was the vacation spot. <laughs> That's my favorite. Well, we went to places like Gatlinburg, <laughs> and then that was it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I should have said place. My mom and dad have been divorced. You're not my going home. Panama City, standard? Oh, Panama City, yeah, yes, standard. we did do that. But they they were divorced my whole life, and okay. almost all their vacations were both to the same place. Okay, like if I went with my dad, it was Gatlinburg. If I went with my mom, Gatlinburg. <laughs> okay. Now my dad and and we would go to Panama City. Actually, my dad met his fourth wife, current wife, uh, in Panama City on a vacation. On a vacation, yeah. Well, that's a strong story. Yeah. There's not many people that meet a wife. They've met some ladies there. I watched him meet her in the lobby. My dad was spitting game right there in the lobby. Where was she from? Uh, Alabama, somewhere else. She's She was from Alabama like North on Alabama. vacation. Yeah. She wasn't a local. No, she was checking into the hotel, too. <laughs> spitting and game. My, and my dad, yeah, he saw that she was next to us. And he's like, he said... Now, we're going to be right next to you. We're going to be right next to your hotel room. So don't be making a lot of noise keeping us up. You know? oh. Just And then a little while later, we're in the hotel room, knock on the door. It's that girl and her friend. Because it's me, my dad, his friend, and my friend. You know, okay. We're all hanging. So it's, it, it's this lady who's now my you know, stepmom. It's, it's funny to say stepmom because, you know, I mean, she's, she's, she's great. But she's <laughs> married to my dad. Like, she didn't raise me. You know what I mean? <laughs> She did teach me how to drive. Okay. But wait, wait. This what time what year was this? This I was fifteen. Oh, okay, okay, met. okay. No, actually I was fourteen because she taught me how to drive. Because my dad my dad bought he got a stick shift. And then my dad would just yell at me the entire time I was trying to learn. <laughs> so That's standard procedure. I mean, yeah. I would he was like, Pop the clutch. I'm like, I don't even know what a clutch is. We might want to go back to the rules and you tell me what the clutch is. Yeah, and he's just okay. just yelling every time it stalls. He's so I was like, I'm not driving with you anymore. So she took me driving. She taught me how to drive a stick shift. She's great. But so she pops up uh and knocks on the door with her friend and her and my dad and Hit his friend, they all leave and go walk the beach for a long time. I mean, they're gone for a long time. <laughs> you just keep I can see on your face. A long time. time. Me and my brother were walking around. I had never smelled weed before, and I smell it. I'm like, what's that? You know what I mean? That's just standard Panama. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm walking around. Trying out your teens. Yeah, we're at the 14, 14, probably. A uh, place in Panama City Beach called the Fontaine Blue. Oh, it's still there, and it's awful. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it lately? No, not in a long time. Like literally, the last time I drove by. They don't even have a lobby now. You have to book online. Don't even walk in. Oh, wow. So, like, there's not a person that'll check you in and do all your deal. Like, if, if you want to book. Yeah, you go online. Yeah. And I think people can buy rooms now. Wow. We have never, we never even had a plan. <laughs> like, we would drive to Panama City and go, let's try to get a hotel somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, that's a, that's a good power dad move in the south. Yeah, I mean, even where are we going? We'll find out when we get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I camped in Panama City. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they did the whole. That's pretty scary. Did, yeah. uh, it was awful. Yeah, I look back. I mean, I had the time of my life then, and now I look back on it and go, yeah, I was. That was bad. It was super hot. I mean, oh yeah. Think about being in a tent. I know. Right on the strip. I like. I did. I still go past where that campground. Now. I'm like, what 
doing? I know. What? Yeah. But I had the time of my life. Yeah, it was a great time. I yeah, if you go off out, you drink, get some beads. Good. Yeah, yeah. Go to Purple Haze. <laughs> yeah, <damn laughs> I'm seeing things I ain't supposed to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So you. So, all right. We got now. We're going to improv. Yeah, so so just the, to meet friends. The reason I say all that about vacation is because you know Charleston. I love Charleston. It may be my favorite place, but it's not that big. But to me, huge city. It's the big city. Right. So I'm like, I'm gonna do comedy, and then you know, you know, I'll you know, I'll do something with this. Okay. I don't think that I thought I would be famous, but in the back of my head, I mean, I remember going to Birmingham, thinking you know that this you know Birmingham was the big city to me oh, growing yeah, up, yeah. you know, and. Uh, so I take these improv classes. I'm doing well. It's funny. It's fun, you know. And then I meet this guy doing improv, and he says, hey, you ever thought about doing stand-up? And I'm like, no. And he's like, you should do that country character that you do. <laughs> Meaning me, I guess. I was about to say, <laughs> do you want to hit us with the country character, <laughs> yeah. or is that just you? But I think that I would try to play, like I would try to do some scenes where I would cunt- Amplify. Yeah. Because yeah. that was my that's my that's still the only character I can do. <laughs> yeah. I can get a little countryer. Right. Um but uh so I was like and I kinda laughed and I was like, Well you and Larry the cable guy was very popular at the time. Yeah. So I was like, Well you write me some jokes and I'll do it. And I thought that's the end of it. This guy was, so he called me. I didn't know that this is the most motivated person that I know. So he wrote a ton of jokes. Strong. Yeah. And he called me up. He's like, All right, I got some jokes written. So we so I went over there, we worked on the jokes, we figured them out, and then I, I, we decided that I would wear overalls and no shoes, you know? <laughs> so, but, so, but I wouldn't do it. We decided that I would do it, but I never would do it. I, I was like, really? I was always, and then one day he called like me. Like nervous or just like, nah, this is stupid? Nervous, like, just, nervous. Oh, nervous, gotcha. Nervous, yeah. Okay. So one day I'm hanging out, and I'm at the, the place where I live called the Sergeant Jasper in Charleston, big oh, building. And I'm hanging out, I'm drinking with a buddy, and they call me, my other friends call me, and they're like, hey, they're letting us do stand-up down here at this bar. Come down here. And, I t- and I, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do it. And then I tell my friend, and he's like, dude, go do it. And we're both drunk. He's like, do it. I'll drive, you know. And uh, he didn't have a car. <laughs> he's driving my car drunk. But I'm like, okay. It was a good plan in your head. Yeah, hand. yeah. I ain't driving. So we go down there. I'm pretty drunk. I barely know the jokes. I get on the mic. I tell the jokes that I know, and people laugh. And I'm like, oh, I can do this. So my next show I do with a guy named Kenny Z. It's called Comedy Free with Kenny Z. He was a radio DJ in town. <laughs> the Music Farm. 250 people. Strong. I'm no That's a good crowd. I'm no shoes, overalls, no drinks. I was like, hats I, or anything yet? No, you no hat. I had, had a little bit of a shaved head. A little, just a little bit of a patchy goatee. <laughs> okay. No mustache. I got it on video, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and I go out and do those jokes, and they went well enough. I mean, to me, I crushed it. I mean, I watch it now, and I'm like, no, nah, it was okay. Right. But I mean, to me at the time, I crushed it. This was 2004. Okay. And and then so I was like, I'm feeling it. So after that, I did like over the next six months, I maybe performed twice, and then. Kenny Z asked me back, and he, I did five minutes, and he goes, can you do 20? And I was like, yeah, I can do 20. Yeah, You and, never want to turn it down. <laughs> right. So It's the worst comic mistake ever. Don't wanting to turn down more time. Yeah. So now this one is even bigger. More people. And Kenny I, Z's killing it. He's killing it. He was the, it was <laughs> St- Storm and Kenny in the morning, it. and it was the biggest show in Storm Charleston. Storm and Kenny. Yeah. So I go out 
overalls, no shoes, 20 minutes of completely memorized material. And I get through about 10 minutes of it to mediocre laughter. I'm struggling and I know it. And this lady yells out, it's so quiet in there. She goes, you suck. And everyone hears it. (laughs) But Charleston is so polite that like they didn't start booing me. Yeah. But they also didn't like applaud or they just like yeah we all know he knows everybody you knows. Should have said it, but we're gonna let you say it because <laughs> yeah. we feel it too. Okay. And then I just I kept going. I just did my full twenty. Did and, it eat you up? Or you're oh, like, oh, yeah, it was man. killing me. I just I did all the jokes I had memorized. Never got any better. Like no. that said, it <clears throat> no. was just bad. It was actually worse from there because. <laughs> Because now I was Surprisingly, shaking. Surprisingly, somebody yelled, well, you suck, and it didn't get better. So I tried it a couple of times after that. But after that, I started getting drunk every time. And then it got worse and worse. I remember one time I was at a place in, in Isle Palms. And I was up there, and my first two jokes crushed. They crushed harder. I mean, people were banging on the walls. It was so good. And then it, it took a nosedive <laughs> quick. It was quick. Even my, uh, one of my buddies gave me like a laugh to help me, and I was like, this guy knows what I'm talking about, and he turned around. Because <laughs> <laughs> you called him out? Yeah. He's like, oh, no. Yeah, so I quit. After that, I quit. I was like, I don't want to do quit this. quit comedy. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, that's big. So then for like, so that was probably 2005. Well, that, that's also what, that's also what stand-up does to you, is you, you, you build up the thick skin of, but it, I mean, it's, unless you've, unless somebody experiences that rejection of just a room full of people collectively shitting on you together it's just yeah you don't know that feeling and it's a bad bad feeling oh yeah i mean coming off stage and people instead of being like let me buy you a drink they're like well that takes balls you know what i mean and uh because i wouldn't have got up there with those jokes (laughs) my favorite favorite is when they ask how long you've been doing it you're like is that about to be good or bad because uh if i say too long you're like oh okay oh yeah long time Actually, when I tell people how long I've been doing comedy, I don't like to include this part. <laughs> because to be fair, from 2004 to 2008, I maybe performed 10 times. <laughs> God, okay. You know. Well, that's not really doing it. Yeah. My favorite is, I hope I give them the right, I think it was DePetta over in Atlanta uh, at the punchline when I was first starting out. And he had a, he, he, he called a meeting. Everybody that's doing the open mics and the showcases and the Atlanta comics, we're going to have a power meeting. Nobody's performing. Just come to the club. And everybody thought, what are we doing? We're doing a contest. Are you going to, like, anoint somebody? What are we doing? And he, he basically he basically told us, like, all right, raise your hand if you, the only money you make is from stand-up. And, of course, none of us are raising our hand. He goes, okay, well, then y'all are not comedians. Y'all have hobbies. <laughs> You know what I mean? But, it, it, like, it put it in perspective of, like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Because some of – you know how it is. You start – there's a potential to get an ego when you're early on, like the man's holding you down. Oh, there, yeah. There's a point where you – that y'all just don't get me, and if y'all just give me a chance. And uh, I thought it was brilliant advice. Like, sitting through that, I thought it was a brilliant meeting to – he wasn't telling us to stop doing comedy. It was, guys, put it in perspective on what you're doing. He goes, if you go out and you – like whatever, play kickball once a week. You're not a professional kickball player, right? You have a hobby, right? And it's playing kickball, right? You wouldn't change your Facebook job to <laughs> kickball, <laughs> right? It <laughs> works at kickball. So <laughs> the guy who does the once a month show, like what were most of us were doing, 
hey, I'm going to get into a contest or whatever. I'm a comedian. I'm a stand-up comic. No. For real stand-up comics, that, no, that's not. You don't you don't get your income from that. You yeah. have a hobby. You're right. trying to be a stand-up comic. Yes. Uh, and so, like, that, that's a, that's interesting. Like, eight, you know, eight times in two years is nothing to a stand-up comic. Oh, no. Comic. I mean, no, I do. Sometimes I do eight times a week. <laughs> right. It's That's zero. Yeah. You can't get better. There's no way to get better doing that. Yeah. I mean, I was in my latest trip to California on on a Saturday. I did four shows in one day. You know, I mean, it's like and so. Speaking of the punchline, uh, Saturday shows. Even you know, even as a headliner, it's like three shows Saturday. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. Now, basically, you were just going up every now and then, and right? There, and there's no way to improve and it was a huge that. deal. Like it was like to me, it was like it was like this was like I mean, especially all day. I mean, that's what I thought about. But we days leading up, right. I progressively got more nervous. You got nothing else to do. Yeah, I'm like this one gig. I'm telling everyone I know I'm doing stand up. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it went well, but overall it was like there was no reward to doing no. it. Like I hated being up there. I was nervous the entire time I was on stage, and then if it went well, I was happy when it was over. Just because we're done. Right. And I was like, if it went well, I'm like, oh, that was good. Look how funny I was. But I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> right. All right. So you quit. So I quit. What are you doing? I'm just, I'm living on Folly Beach. I'm drinking a lot. I'm working at Hyman's. I'm selling pesticides. You know, I'm just, people will ask me. People should know you're working at Hyman's, not working on Hyman's. Uh, yes, yes. Hyman's is a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> just, I've, I've seen it. I've seen you describe Hyman's. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> See, I knew that. I knew that was coming. I saw his face when you said it. And if, and if you don't know what's happening, That's Hyman's true. is a restaurant. Right. Hyman's Seafood. Yes. <laughs> right. We can't go too much into your set, but yeah, Hyman's right. Hyman's seafood. seafood established in the 1980s. Yes, uh, fine established. Their their grandfather grandfather opened a dry goods business there in 1890. It's got history there. Yes. Okay. So you're just you're kind of floating again. Yeah. So I'm like now I'm like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just hanging out. I'm drinking a lot. I'm trying to record videos and stuff sometimes. I did a power hour video where me and my buddies filmed each other taking a shot of beer every minute for an hour. And <laughs> just to. Yeah. We're just, like putting it on YouTube? Yeah. Well, we're, you know, I don't think it ever made it there, but. That was the goal. It just never yeah, got there. Yeah. So okay. I used to carry around a video camera all the time. I was constantly filming stuff. Okay. I rarely did anything with it, but I had, I wish that I could find it. I had a video of. I was about to say, tell me the power hour exists. Somewhere. Yeah. I, w- I had a video of me like making, uh, making some sandwich. Like I would go home drunk and film myself making food <laughs> and then I would add like sad music to it and that was funny to me and uh, it's pretty sounds pretty yeah, funny to me I did an omelet and I did a sandwich <laughs> <laughs> sounds pretty funny still yeah and then I would film my buddy my buddy that I lived with in the beginning he was doing a little surfing and I'd go out and film him surfing and you know I was just living life but with no goal no direction the pesticide job that I had actually uh, turned into a, a job with a good salary. So, I mean, like, that could have been the path. Pesticides. Yeah, I was a, sale, I was a sales rep. I sold Ooh. to Lowe's and Home Depot. So and, you got an area. Yeah. Covered Myrtle Beach, Savannah, and uh, Charleston. Out. Yeah, Watch out. I know. Big time. All right, so you're in pesticide world. What's dragging you back to comedy? Well, the same friend that got me to do comedy in the first that place. That wrote you a set? Yeah. Okay. He called me one day, and he was like... He said, uh, I got a show that I'm doing, and it's a variety show. I need somebody to do stand-up. I want you to come and do stand-up. 
So I was like, oh, I haven't done that in a long time. And he was like, I'll help you write a bit. So I had these jokes that I had, I still was writing a bit. Does your wife believe in you as much as this guy does? Because this guy know. sounds like a saint. I know, I know. Are you friends with him? Yeah. Are you about to tell us you scorched earth with him? Yeah, no, we're no. still talking. Okay. We're still friends. He lives He's in Savannah. Fan. Yeah, yeah. He was great. He's calling you going, I'll write your set. Just show yeah. up. He's like, I'll help you write some jokes. So I was still writing a bit. And I wrote this bit about the letters of the alphabet. I don't know if you ever heard that, but it's on my album, Making That Fudge. If you want to, it's also on YouTube if you just want to go listen to it. Um, but yeah, it's called Letters of the Alphabet, the weirdest bit that I have. Uh, and we <laughs> we wrote it. It's like eight minutes now, but it was five minutes at the time. Okay. And we wrote it. I memorized it. I went up. I performed it at Theater 99 in Charleston, and it was incredible. And I was like, wow, that was, I mean, the, the, the feeling that I had, it, I texted him later that night. I was like, I want to do that more. Well, like we said, the bad of stand-up is something you can't replicate. It's something you won't know until you feel it. But on the other end of the spectrum, when it's good, it's really good. Yeah. It's a feeling you can't get besides going up on the stage and getting the laughs. Yes. So you've, you've, now you've got the bug again. Right. It's hit. I need all of that again. Yeah. Uh. Are you a writer? Are you are you like I got a notepad? What are you doing? I used to carry a notepad everywhere all the time. Okay. I don't do it as much. Now I have a phone. I just can type stuff in the phone. It's I don't like it as much, but I don't know. I just find that I have too many things in my are pocket you recording already. Stuff like I got this, I'm going to record notes. I will do that, but if I record it it I might as well have not even done it. Cuz you we're gonna... I just will forget. I never listen. <laughs> and then go back and I go back and listen these... 3 months later. I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. well, that was when I first started trying to write, I would just in my head I could just write the headline and know oh, yeah. it later. And then I'm like, what does a snake playing basketball mean? <laughs> I don't I, apparently it was funny, but I don't remember that yeah, bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like so like I'm awful at writing. I'm yeah. awful. But uh, I I lean towards my improv background and just I just fake it till I make it sometime. Yeah. So so you're doing you, you're still writing. Yeah, and just to say on that about improv, we had mentioned that earlier. I don't think I was great at improv. Okay. I never was physical. My, my teachers, I had great teachers, and they were always like, try some characters, you know? And I'm like, right. I don't, I don't have character, yeah, right? I don't have any characters. And You had the country guy. But, and yes. And the country girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they helped me figure out, like, you know, to me they were like, don't, they were like, don't, try to be funny they were like you are funny just try to create a scene and the funny will come out of that so in that way i think that's how i approach stand-up in a way now like instead of trying to take it at people i try to bring them in okay so but yeah i mean i would just mainly just stand there and try to be as funny as i could uh i think i think majority of people even stand up or not i, I I think it just helps a person to take an improv class. Do I you? think so. Yeah, totally. I think, I think it's a great thing to get you out of your comfort zone. Um, I think it teaches you how to listen to people. Uh, that was the biggest thing. I when I when I took I took improv classes at the Groundlings, and the one of the first things they they taught us was as a human, you don't really listen to a when when you're with your buddy having a conversation. As soon as they say something, you're automatically planning your rebuttal or what right. you're going to say next when it should be take exactly what they say. And let's, like you said, let's make something out of what they say, right. which is an improv scene. So if they're yes. going, we're at the beach and that's all you've got, we've got to form. What are we doing at the beach? What, but in a conversation, you're already planning your next statement. 
Right. And I think that this helps people in general yeah. do, taking an improv class. Yeah, and also it teaches you, like, people would always say, well, if it's improv, why are you taking a class? And I'm like, well, <laughs> like your scenario, if we're out on stage and you go, all right, we're at the beach, and I go, no, we're not at the beach. <laughs> then then the, our reality that we're trying to create is gone. It's done. Yeah, right? It's like, it's why done. is this guy imagining that we're at the beach? <laughs> right. You've, you've completely stripped him yeah. of any validation. I'm, like, I'm for holding the rest a of the sword. Thing. That's not a snort. That's a, that's a noodle. Yeah, you're like, why are they on the same? Why are they not on the same team? Right. Yeah. So you got there's basics. Yeah. There's there's quote unquote rules to the chaos. Basically. Yeah. And I also think that even with stand up, I mean, there's some things like when an audience member yells at you about something, instead of yelling at them, being able to kind of roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I want you to be quiet, but I'm not going to make a scene. Yeah. And, and but it's also got to play into whoever your quote unquote persona is on stage. Right. I mean, you're Dusty Slay on stage. That guy that we we're starting to watch. If I'm at your comedy show, he doesn't yell anyway, right? You know, do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. If I have to get on to an audience member, it looks weird for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So if you're going from your low key, I'm smooth, I'm chill, I'm telling you my story. Hey, man, you want to keep it down? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Where did that come from? Right, right. And now we're thinking about that the rest of the deal. So yeah. you got you to stay. Like you said, I got to figure out how to get out of this situation and still keep everybody engaged in a in a in a that goes back to improv. Right. That that's not necessarily quote unquote an improv funny scene, but you're you're reacting to the moment. Yeah, cuz I've seen some improv before that's not funny. Well, yeah. But that I was still into. Now I've seen stuff that was supposed to be funny and wasn't, and that's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But I've seen people just do a scene and I'm like, I enjoyed that. Yeah, there wasn't a big laugh. Yeah. They just did a scene. You're and like, I, all right, we got through I it. I believe the characters. <laughs> right. I believe they were in a kitchen. The great one of the one of the biggest laughs I ever got was when I when I and not that I ever got that I ever watched was in improv, watching an improv show, and they all got in to do a car scene. And there was four of them. I love a good improv car scene. And as soon as they get in, the guy who was in the driver's seat reached up and adjusted the imaginary rearview mirror. Yeah. And it got the biggest pop of the night because I, you just don't think about that. Like, right. People start going, what's he adjusting? And then you saw him do like that. And it's oh, like, yeah. But to think of that something that small oh, yeah. was brilliant to everybody in the theater. Well, that's what my improv teachers were all about. Like, they were like, at the beginning of every scene, you to establish your reality, you do something. If yeah. you're in a kitchen, you go and you open the cabinet. You take out a cup. Yeah. You know, you open the fridge, you look around in there. Solidify what yeah. you're what you're doing. My big thing was eating cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Your teachers, Dusty, can we do something besides eating cereal? Why do we have cereal at the beach, Dusty? I was always eating. And a, a bowl and a spoon, and I was just eating. Or fishing. I would do fishing sometimes. Fishing? Yeah. Okay. Because you go sit at the edge of the stage and throw out, like you cast nice. out, you know? A keyboard. <laughs> nice. You can always do the keyboard like you're in an office. Oh, the, the yeah, typing's yeah. easy. Yeah. Uh, sorry. So, you've you've got the bug again. You've had this high. You've had this rush, and now you're gonna go. I'm really focusing on stand up. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm trying to decide how I'm gonna get stage time. There's no stage time. I'm I'm going around. You're I in got, Charleston, right? Yeah, I'm in Charleston. Is there an actual club then? No. Or is club. it just old Kenny Z in the in the in the Z factory or whatever? Kenny got. Z. But by this time, Kenny Z, the the they they did something. 
on air one time. They made fun of some sponsors or something, and they got fired. Oh, and no, so Kenny. Kenny, Kenny. Yeah, Kenny moved. He was on Sirius XM. I mean, he still does comedy. I don't. He pops up at Zany's once in a while. Okay. But he, um, uh, yeah, so they were gone. They were all gone. So there was no shows. Improv was still happening, but there was but no, no stand-up. No stand-up. So I was sitting in a bar one time called the Upper Deck Tavern, which is gone now. And I said to my friend, I was like, what we need is a weekly open mic. And the owner of the Upper Deck was sitting right there, who I didn't know. And he goes, here, every Monday. And I go, perfect. Apparently, they were already doing an open mic, but it was just an open stage. Oh, you could do whatever. Play yeah, guitar. so I just took over. Okay. And became the host. All right. And I hosted that for about a year, and it was just it was just a party. I mean, people would come. We would drink the whole time. <laughs> I had some nice blackout sets up there. We were just getting wasted. I didn't get paid. This is standard beginning st- stand-up. Yeah. Comedy for everybody. I didn't get paid. I got some free drinks. <laughs> yeah. You know? And we were bringing in people, though. Uh, even back then, uh, my roommate ended up... He was like... Went to college with Aziz Ansari. And Aziz... Uh, came to town to visit him once and came to our house. It was I felt very famous. And uh, <laughs> the uh, and Aziz was going to do the open mic. Oh, he, wow. But he didn't want any advertisement, but he tweeted about it like an hour before. So that place was packed. I mean, it was the oh, most geez. packed that it had ever been. We had an incredible show. I kept saying to people, I was like, I was like, if you like this, we do this every week. And then, and they were laughing at all the other comics. It was great. And then Aziz comes up. He crushes. Next week, ghost town. I mean, because <laughs> Aziz is not there. Yeah, tumbleweeds. I mean, <laughs> it probably the most empty it had ever been. <laughs> I There's mean, no way to follow that. Yeah, but so I did that for about a year, and then I was doing, started doing more at Theater Ninety Nine. Still not traveling. We were popping up some local shows here and there. And then... What year is this, probably? That's 2008. Okay. 2008, 2009. Probably, probably on up to 2010. And then 2011, I started doing an open mic at a place called Big Gun. Big Gun Burger. And then I entered a contest at Theater 99. I had entered the contest in 2010. And I, it was back... The finals were back at the music farm. So back at the music farm, probably 700 people in there. I mean, this place is packed. This is the place you bombed and they yelled, you suck? Yes. Okay. And also the place that I first did a real show at. Okay. So I'm back. I did five minutes. I feel minutes. like you're about to change karma here. Yes. Like, okay, I got a redemption. I, I did five minutes. I ended up getting third place. Uh, okay. I got third place overall, which still place. So I got third. My buddy Tim Heckle got second. And then Timmy Sherrill that owns uh, Nut Street Comedy in Wilmington, yeah. he won first. Okay. So, I did Nut Street Comedy before. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so Timmy won, and then 2011, oh, maybe that was 2009, because 2010 I entered, didn't even place. 2011 I entered, and I won first. Okay. So I won first, I won 1000 bucks. I was like, okay. $1,000? Yeah, and all the while. Good gracious. So, you know, so, you know, I'm feeling good. I mean, I'm doing. I'm hosting my open mic at Big Gun. I just won. Uh, I'm dating a girl again that broke up with me one time before. Well, now I you're mean, a winner. I'm turning things around. <laughs> Dusty is starting to slay, my friends. Yeah, this is 2000. End of 2011. I mean, it's picking up. I mean, it's moving. I go out to LA. I'm like, I'm gonna move here. I'm ready to go. And then, uh, and then. 
all of a sudden, I quit drinking. I just felt terrible. My body, I smoked a lot of cigarettes. I was drinking a lot. My body felt terrible. I quit drinking. And you're in LA, so everybody's like, you got to get healthy. Oh, no, I never moved. I never oh, moved. Oh, this is no. before. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna, okay. I was going to move. But okay. then I ended up quitting drinking, and I almost quit comedy. I just, I quit, I quit drinking, and then I sold my car. I, oh, I quit my job, and then I sold my car, and I'm just, I'm back working at Hyman's now. Um, and I'm just, I'm living downtown. I got no car. I'm working at Hyman's. I'm not drinking. I got, I bought a bike that's still out on the patio now. Uh, I bought a bike. I was biking everywhere. What was your mindset doing this? I just was like, I was, I don't know. I was in a place where I was like, just so tired of everything that I was doing. And I, I just feel like I needed to quit drinking. And when I quit drinking, I realized that I almost hated everything I was doing. I liked my <laughs> friends, but everything else I was doing, I was like, what am I doing? You're like, now I know I was drinking. Yeah. I, I was in a bad place. Exactly. Okay. I quit drinking, and two weeks later, I like I figured out how I could quit my job. I was like, without the money that I spend on drinking, without the money I spend on cigarettes, without my car payment and my car insurance and gas, I don't even need a job. So you're like going minimalist here. Yeah. So I got rid of everything. I got rid of my bed. Uh, I, Your bed? Yeah. My bed. My bed I had had for well over ten years, and it had been run over by a car. I spilled. Lim- <laughs> I spilled lemonade on it a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> lemonade. A lot of lemonade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes lemonade. I was like, how did I get all this lemonade? <laughs> did I make a video making this when I got home drunk? Yeah. Put sad music to making lemonade? I don't remember that. Okay. And so I got rid of that. I mean, I got rid of almost everything. I had an air mattress and... I mean, I was loving life. I was riding this bike. I lost 40 pounds in, in two months. I mean, I just felt good. I was, I was doing a lot of improv, but I was, I was ready to quit stand-up. I was like, I don't even, I don't know how I'll do this without drinking. All my jokes are about drinking. Right. I was like, I don't even know what I'll do. No, if there's ever a, if there's ever a change in your set, you're always like, well, I've just ruined half my jokes. Yes. Like a change in life. Right, like getting married or something. You're I like, did. Yeah. When I got married, I'm like, I've ruined <laughs> half my set. Yes. That's all about dating and single and, and, you know, the whole deal. And you're like, what do I do now? Yeah. So now you've, you've changed not only one thing, but you've changed a thousand things. Yeah, I had to buy new clothes. I mean, my pants didn't fit anymore. <laughs> I mean, like everything... I didn't know what to do. I mean, I was I had, I had clean shaven, slick back hair. I mean, slick back yeah, hair. Yeah, short, slick back okay. hair. There's some pictures of that around. <laughs> uh, but I was working at Hyman's. I was working at Hyman's three days a week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday during the day. I was hosting trivia at night, Tuesday and Thursdays, and then on Wednesday I was running an open mic. I was making about, uh, I don't know, about five hundred a week doing that. But are you? Are you in the mindset like this? I'm down with life. Like this is going to be my jam. It was. I'm fine with this. Yeah, I, that's how I spent the next two years in Charleston. I was running a monthly show. But you were happy. It's the happiest I had ever been. Really? Since I was a kid, probably. Okay. I mean, because I mean, I you know I've been drinking, you know, since I was I don't know how old, how old do you start drinking in Alabama? You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, you got on probation for yeah. it at like seventeen. Yeah. I mean, I was a bit of a late bloomer, but I think the first time I started drinking was seventeen. <laughs> I had some beers along the way. Sure. But but drinking. Yeah. I mean, I'm a lot. I mean, I grew up a lot countryer than people realize, you know. But, I mean, you know, I, w- I was just thinking about this the other day. The first time I ever kissed a girl, I was at a, I was young. I wasn't even drinking. I was at a keg party in a chicken coop. Uh, 
and we were leaned up next to a tractor. And that's, I'm not even making that up. <laughs> you can't make that no, up. No, If I told you to write a country place for your first kiss, it couldn't turn yeah. out like that. I mean, I wasn't even dating her. She was just at the party. She probably... Well, the, as one does. To this day, she probably doesn't know that that was my first kiss, you know? Do you, we don't you, We don't know where she's at. I don't right? know. I have no idea. You, you don't even know I mean, who I, she is. I went and hung out at her house a couple of times. After. She lived in the Valley, uh, Valley, Alabama. and uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, you said it at first, the Valley, yeah. like it was like it was hey, uppity? No, Like no, the Valley no. in California is Val- different? I don't want to trash the Valley. That's where half my family's from. My mom graduated from Valley High <laughs> no, School. No, but Valley, Alabama <laughs> yeah, is Valley, different uh, than the Valley. Right, yes. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a different it's a different type of folk down in the valley. I mean, I mean, I hung, you know, when I was 18, I had a couple of valley girls that were coming over to my house at my parties. I had a lot of parties in high school and uh and I was like, I'm was into it, you know. <laughs> into it. <laughs> but well, that's uh, why you had memories of the trailer you bought. Yes. You needed this trailer. That was Yes. Good. All right, so you are the happiest you've ever been and you've just Basically changed your whole life. Yeah, I mean, I'm riding this bike around Charleston, see it as sober. I mean, I'm I'm going to Hyman's and I have to wake up. I have to be at work at ten, but I'm used to being up at six, hungover. So now I'm waking up at eight, fresh. I'm walking to work through this beautiful city, being like, man, this is amazing. You, you've thrown us for a loop here. Yeah, you've thrown us all for a loop here. Yeah, I mean, I was the. I mean, I I could. I, I mean, a lot of the bars are closed now, but I could walk you through Charleston and be like, I got kicked out of this bar. I got kicked out of this bar. I threw up over here. This is where I peed myself one time. I mean. We need the old dusty trail through Charleston. Yeah, I mean, you, I was drinking. You a sightseeing tour. Yeah, I mean, I, was, I had a buddy that was a huge alcoholic. He probably still is. I love the guy. I haven't seen him in a long time. But, but Chances I mean, are he still is. I mean, we would. He was the kind of friend that it's like we could not embarrass each other. Like we were drinking. Right. Like our plan was to get drunk and be embarrassing. Right. Like we get kicked out of a bar and we laugh down to the next bar. Right. We're not like you Dang. should be ashamed. Like I can't believe we just got kicked out of a bar and y'all are like, yeah, yeah, we're we're loving Score. it. We we don't care at all. So <laughs> this guy, I mean, this is my best friend. So that's our problem is like we can't there's like my old a lot of my other friends would stop being my friend or be like, you need to chill out. Right. But this guy's like, amp it up, amp it up. Another shot, another, sh-, you know, and we're loving it. So now you flipped a 180. Yeah. I mean, I lost. I mean, I don't want to say I lost my friend, but I I stopped hanging out with a bunch of people. Yeah, you're not cutting people off. But when you're not in the bar at midnight and you're right. not seeing the same people all of a sudden. Right. Because they're not coming to Hyman's at 10 a.m. Right. So, so you're coming to there. So I'm hanging out. Now I'm back at Hyman's this time. And the last time I worked at Hyman's, I, I went out drinking with everybody every night. Now I'm doing the day shift. Right. And I'm going home after. I'm like, they're all going to happy hour. And I'm like, nah, I'm yeah. going to go home. And I I mean, now sometimes I kind of wish I could go to happy hour. I did love a, I, I did love daytime drinking. <laughs> but back then I was, I mean, I'm not going to do it. I say that I want to. But only part of my mind is like, I'd love to do that. But back then, I was very hardcore. I was like, no, I feel great. This is the best I've ever felt. I'm not going to the bar. Okay. And so I was riding a bike seven miles to the gym and then riding it seven miles home. Jeez. I mean, I mean, I was on it. And I was loving it. I was hosting trivia. I mean, you know, live trivia, making jokes. It was a great time. And then I almost quit comedy. I'm still doing my open mic. But I'm like, I don't even Nothing know why. serious. Yeah, I was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. And then... 
I had already signed up to do the, a small competition for a friend, uh, and then I won. And I, I don't know, it fueled me. I was like, okay. So then I entered the same competition that I had won previously in 2011 where I won 1000 bucks, mm-hmm. uh, And then I won that year by two votes. And then the next year, I was sober, and I had written a ton of jokes at this point. A year later, I would written a ton of – and I won by like fifty votes. Okay. I mean, I'm like, I was sore, and I was on. I was like, back to back. Yeah. Champ. Now I was you're like, edging out from everybody. Yeah. I mean, I won best local comic by the Charleston City paper. I mean, I was like, I was on fire. Wow. I was looking good. I was feeling good, <laughs> which I wasn't used to. I wasn't used to looking good or feeling good, and uh, and. And I didn't have a job that I hated. The Spectroside job where I sold pesticides, that was great for a while. But I was happy. Job. Yeah, I was happy it was done. And just everything had changed. And then around 2014, I decided to move to Nashville. Because I had made a little road trip. Actually, 2013, I made a trip to New York City. I stayed there for a month. And I just was... To do stand-up? Yeah, I just rented a place for a month. I didn't... I didn't... I, I don't want it to sound like I went and then got ran off in a month. I went for a month. I did comedy every day. My goal was to do at least one open mic every day, which now as a professional comic, I realize that's not really that hard. But at the time, that was amazing to me. Right. Because I'm doing comedy like twice a week to doing shows every day. And and then I thought, well, maybe I'll move to New York. And then I made a road trip doing comedy and Nashville was one of the places I came through and I spent a few days here I had a few friends here and I was like this is great I love Nashville country music in the bars I'm like there's comedy I was like why don't I just move to Nashville and Ke- I'd, ta- I'd met Keith Alberstadt in New York great guy. Keith used to live in Nashville he's yep. from Nashville and he told me when he started what was great about Nashville was that he was centrally located so he could drive to all these places to do comedy yes and I was like well that's what I want to do I wanted to get established before I moved to a big city. Yeah. But, and so that was 2014, and then... Um, you started road-dogging after Yeah, that. so actually I, I took the seasonal position back with the pesticide company <laughs> when I moved to Nashville. And, you rotate uh, through the same people. I know, I, like I know. It. So I did that for a few months, and then my plan was that the moment that job ends, I'm going to go full-time comedy. I'm just not going to get another job. So you knew you were only there for a few months? Yeah, it was okay. season, Yeah, it's just for the summer. Oh, it's typical. Okay, Yeah, because gotcha. pesticides, fertilizer, they bring people out to help. And you thought, once that goes away, I am pedal to the yeah, metal. I'm doing, and I, so I rented an apartment, an attic apartment in Nashville for $250 a month. I bought my car, so I had no car payment. I saved money in that two years, and I bought my car. Okay. And then, um, so I had no car payment. My rent was two fifty a month. I was like, I'm gonna, I had a little bit of a savings. I'm like, I'm going to make this It's a good deal work. for Nashville, because yes. Nashville's an expensive Yeah, you can't find that now. <laughs> no. No. That doesn't exist now. If they listen to your podcast, the Rat House was a little more than two fifty. Yeah, right? the Rat House was where I, that's, that was it. <laughs> oh, is but that I, the Rat House? I was in the attic in the beginning. Oh. By the time Hannah came in, I was at one of the bottom rooms. Oh, so you were literally staying? I thought it was called like the attic apartment or I something. Mean, you're you're staying in basically an, an attic. Yeah, I mean it was a room, right? But, but it, it was a converted attic, right? Yeah. Okay, so this is what you call if they listen to Dusty. You've got your own podcast. If they listen to it, you've called it the Rat House. The Rat House, before. yeah. So I was, yeah. I mean, I was. And up this in the, is a house with like how many people living in it? Six bedrooms, so six people. All of them rented out. Yeah. Okay. 
Just, just total strangers. Yeah. This isn't like our boys are all in it together. Right. Now, once I lived in, once I moved in, I, I, the landlord started, I mean, I really talked to her. I mean, I'm good at, you know, I, so I was talking with her. And so whenever she would get a new, we would, someone would move out, she would always call me and ask me would I, you know, meet the people. Right. To make sure we would all get along. So. So you, you're, you're, now you're, so I'm you're making there. ends meet here in Nashville. I'm living there. The first two months, I got like one or two gigs. Mainly, I'm just doing open mics. I'm just getting as much stage time as I can, but uh, I'm not getting a lot of okay. gigs. And so I, I just I keep emailing. I finally get um, uh, Chris Killian. Uh, Great guy. He offers to we. I do a show with him at Zany's, and he's like, "Dude, why don't you come open for me on all my Comedy Zone gigs?" Strong. So I did about a year going around with Chris Killian, just doing Comedy Zone gigs, and then I got an audition with Dave Stroop. Okay. And so I got and I got that. He gave me 11 weekends on the spot. Tell tell people listening Dave Stroop. Dave Stroop. Just random guys listening. So Yeah, he manages, he books most of the funny bones and improvs. Okay. Major on, comedy booker. And it was like I got an audition with him and then right there on the spot he gave me a bunch of weekends. There you go. And then throughout that year, so between Chris Killian and Dave Stroop, I was booked up. Which is the, the whole goal when you first get in is let me get things on the calendar. Things right. will work themselves out yes. from there. I can survive week to week. Yeah. I just need things on the calendar. And and shortly before that, I recorded an album. I, from Charleston, I had enough material, so I recorded an album when I got here. That's that was the fudge? Making that fudge. Okay. So that that album is all stuff that I wrote in Charleston. And and then the next one, Son of a Ditch, is after I had been working the road for a while. So that was kind of a... You can listen to those now and kind of see two different Dusties on one. Totally. Charleston Dusty is is making that fudge all, hey, we're drinking and we're in a bad place, no, no, Dusty? No, I, I, I ban- that a was, mix. That was the, all the jokes that I wrote uh, in the, from 2012 to 2014. Okay. So. So that was good place, Dusty. Yes. Okay. All good. When things started going well. Yeah, I felt great. Every, I recorded it in Nashville. Everything was good. All right. So, and then, so, and then in like. Uh, and I had a manager at the time. Now I'm not with him. It didn't. It ended badly. So uh, I don't want to talk about him a lot. But so I had a manager. He was helping me out a bit, and he brought, um, you know, someone on board to help me. And um, so it was a weird thing that we had. But anyway, it, it was all fine at the time. But Lucy uh, from Zanies started helping me. So she started booking a lot of stuff. She started reaching out to clubs for me because you know. I was having success, right? So it wasn't like if I got into a club, it almost always went well. I don't mean every show was amazing, but no booker was ever like, don't book that guy again. Right, right. You know? And and then the key, it's, it's, it's like a lot of other businesses, especially entertainment-wise. I compare it to wrestling. It's kind of the same deal. Um, I've talked to, you know, people in the wrestling business and, and other places. If somebody vouches for you, it's kind of like right. if they're willing to put their name on the line, that's a big statement. They wouldn't normally be doing that if they didn't think this was about to go right. Well. So yeah, and then you come in and do your job, and and you go like you said, we we're good after that. Yeah. So for by the way, for people listening, Lucy is a booker. She books uh, for Zany's Nashville and, and Stand, Stand Up Live, Live Huntsville, yeah, uh, in Huntsville. So you, she's now vouching basically for other clubs, which is a good. 
to other clubs, that's yeah. a good thing for you. Yeah, I mean, she's working at Zany's. She's gotten the okay from the owner of Zany's to do that. The, the owners of Zany's have been a huge help to me. I mean, they, they've given me stage. The Dorfers. Lot, yeah, lots of stage time. They've given me, uh, you know, I got my own show at Zany's. I mean, uh, now, I mean, we're really selling tickets. I mean, but early on, it, it, we weren't selling that many tickets. And so they, but they kept me. Kind of somebody show. believing in you. Yeah. And they gave me lots of feature gigs and all kind of stuff. So they've been great. But so now Lucy's reaching out because I had 2015 great. Dave Stroop gigs, uh, Chris Killian gigs. 2016 happens. Chris Killian takes a different job with like comicbook.com. So he's barely doing. Yeah, he's doing videos now. Yeah. A lot of stuff. And then. Um, so he's doing less road. Yeah. So which hurts your calendar. Right. And then Dave Stroop. Uh, nothing happened. We're still on. I mean, I'm headlining some gigs with him now, but no gigs. Like okay. they, I got. I think I got one the next year. And that, like you said, nothing happens. That's a thing in comedy. Right. You could be working a club nonstop, and they, they just rotate. They got so many comics right. coming through. You might just get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And that that doesn't mean a knock on you or them or or anything. There's just think how many comics there oh, are yeah. out there. But 2016 came in, and I mean, I was pretty devastated. I was like, "Really?" I was like, "All my gigs." Because you thought we're all going up, and oh, then yeah. this year, hey, we went down for some and, reason. Oh, in 2015, also, Last Comic Standing had an audition at Zany's, so I got that. I nailed that. I went to New York, did another audition, and then I was on to LA uh, to be on the show. Strong. In 2015, so all of these things are happening. It's like boom, 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 and then. Uh, I go on Last Comic Standing, and I don't make it out of the first round. Uh, uh, Norm MacDonald is the only one that said anything nice to me, and uh, (laughs) he he mainly said, I think you're going to be a good comic one day. Okay. I mean, he mainly said, that's basically what he said. One day. Yeah, he's like, thanks, bud. He said, he said, you have a, (laughs) this is what he said, something like, uh, uh, you have a great voice for comedy. Uh, He's like, jokes um, come and go. But I think you have what it takes to be a great comic. That's okay. what he said. So I was. Well, you like, got more than I did when I tried out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I got out. I uh, think uh, that was fun. And you haven't been doing it long, have you? And I was like, you're correct. <laughs> but that was cool to see yeah. Norm McDonald. I mean, whatever he said, you, you right. know, you're getting feedback. Yeah, which I mean, is amazing. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is when people still liked Roseanne. I mean, she was on there, and, uh, and then Keenan Ivory Wayans, who. I don't dislike, but he was the rudest to me, so I don't care. So for now him. you do, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you ain't going in, right, now. right. And uh, but so so I, I I so I didn't so I had hopes for that at least to make it a couple of rounds, right. and I didn't make it. And then I I got two hours sleep. I flew. I didn't book. My, I didn't know how to book a flight, so I wasn't booking flights <laughs> well. So I flew back to Nashville, got in my car, drove down to Atlanta immediately. Just in time to to be in my round of La- Laughing Skull Festival. This okay. was my first time doing Laughing Skull Festival. So so at at eight o'clock, let's say, let's say ten o'clock on a Tuesday, I don't advance in Last Comic Standing, and then Wednesday at around ten o'clock, I don't advance in the Laughing Skull Festival. So, so it's you got, like, you're on a roll. So I'm like <laughs> feeling so good, and then boom, boom, like two shots in the stomach, right? So I'm like, okay, this is not going well. Um, but then. 
you know, I mean, things, you know, that's, and then shortly, you know, I don't know, it was good. And then 2016 rolls around, my gigs start drying up. And I'm like, ah, and then midway through 2016, Lucy comes on board and she starts helping me get booked. So I'm getting all these gigs suddenly. I'm still doing, Funny Business was a big help to me, uh, that agency. The Yoders, uh, yes. Yeah, they, they were a huge help, still are. They still book me for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I've worked at a lot of road gigs for them. And so things were going well. And then, uh, Early 2017, Lucy tells me to enter uh, the... Um, are you headlining everywhere? Are you featuring? Are you doing both? Featuring most point? places, headlining funny business. Okay. And um, so I'm doing all these, and then Lucy tells me that I should enter the... Cause I, and then in the meantime, I lost the competition at Laughing Skull again. I entered two years in a row, 2015 and 16, and lost both. Uh, never advanced even to the finals. Uh, not even to a semifinal. I mean, I don't... Never... Yeah, I mean... Jeez. Yeah. So, so I give up already. I know. So I, <laughs> I know. So I enter the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland, Oregon, and I go out there and I have some really great shows. And the people from that place, um, you know, send my video to um, uh, Just for Laughs, big, huge comedy, festival. huge comedy festival. So I got an an audition for uh, Rept because I had a manager. So I couldn't do unrepped. I think they were going to offer me unrepped, but I couldn't do it, right? So you technically out of manager. Yes. Okay. So I went I went up and auditioned for the um for the repped. I didn't get it, but the girl that was uh one of the girls that was there as a uh booker for Just for Laughs was the booker for Jimmy Kimmel. So as I'm leaving Just for Laughs knowing that I didn't advance, I was like there's no way <laughs> off that set. But people should know if they don't know being in the repped category puts you in a whole different ballpark of right. comedian. Yes. Because yeah, you got to be good to get to Just for Laughs. But if you're going there without representation, it means you're at a different point in your career. Right. So people have heard of people you're going up against in the repped category. Yes. You, you see, like, I just want to I want to clarify to people who are listening who don't know about Just for Laughs. Being in that repped category was a was a different step above, and you're you're going – Super big time here. Right. And you, so you, and as comics, like you said, you know getting off stage, probably not going somewhere after that. Right. I mean, I drove to New York to do it. I stayed with a buddy. I slept on his floor. He worked for TMZ, so he's running up and down the streets <laughs> of New York City, and I'm going around with him all day. And okay. then my showcase is at 10. I mean, I want to go to sleep. I want right. to lay down, and I'm about to do comedy. And it went fine. Like, if it were just a showcase, I'd be like, that was a good time. But it, as an audition for something, I was like, no way I got that. So I walk out, and then uh, the girl, uh, Hannah uh, is her name, and she um, was the booker for Jimmy Kimmel at the time. And she goes, hey, have you ever done Late Night? And I was like, no. He's like, She was like, you want to do Jimmy Kimmel? And I was like. Just like that? Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Wait, did somebody said no, by the way? <laughs> right. Very casual. She, and so I was like, she was like, yeah, just send me a tape, you know. So I spent far too long trying to get a tape together. Oh, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm just like running. I'm like, ah. Oh, well, it's never good enough. Yeah, every show I'm doing, I'm like, oh, I nailed all the jokes. I watched the video. It sounds like no one's laughing. I'm like, <laughs> can't send that one. Right. So it took me a long time, but I eventually got one. She liked it, and they said, you know, let's go with it. And so I recorded it. It aired like January 1st of 2018, but I recorded it in December of 2017. And... Uh, I thought it went well. I really liked it. I was happy with it. And then, uh, so it aired. That was fun. And then, uh, so throughout what that. Do you, what do you remember about that? 
Like, do you remember oh, yeah. little things about being backstage? I mean, are well, you, you having a lot of interaction with Kimmel? What's happening? Well, uh, Jumanji, uh, the 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 <laughs> reboot had just come out. Okay. So The Rock the is Rock on Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. Okay. So I don't get a green room because they were like, The Rock's here. He's got a lot of people. So you know they're kind of so taking his it. people. Yeah, get I, the extra green. Rooms. I don't know exactly what's happening, but I know that they had a trailer out back, and that's what they gave me. Okay, right. And considering that I did trailer park jokes on the show, which I was is perfect. Like, this is pretty fun. That was destiny. Uh, but I, you know, I'm hanging out with my old manager. I mean, it's fine. Uh, we never really hung out that much, so I didn't. You know, we didn't have a ton, but it, it was a good time. I, I, I felt I, I was happy that he came out there. He bought his own ticket to come out there, so that was fun. And and then I'm just back in the back, and I mean, I had to do a run through on the show for, like, the crew. So, so you have to do your set, basically. I did my set. For just the crew. Yeah. Empty crowd. Yeah. And I got oh, very... that sounds awful. I got very little laughs. I stumbled... Well, there's, what, seven people yeah, watching Yeah, yeah. I stumbled a bit on some jokes. I think I was a minute shorter than what I needed to be because I just went so fast. So I went back to my hotel after that, and I just ran through that set a million times. And then I go down, and I'm hanging out. I can see The Rock is back there. I didn't talk to him, but I can see him back there. Guillermo del Toro, I never can say the name. He's a famous director. He's on the show. And uh, Late Night late night World uh, is one of the more surreal places. Yes. Uh, because, I mean, I, I, could just, I just know what's going through your head. Because when I did Leno and I would show up, I would be like, this is a weird cluster of what's happening. I mean, the first time I did it, it was Carlin uh, and Terry Bradshaw. You know what I mean? And like <laughs> right. Gavin DeGraw's the musical guest. And right. you're like, what's happening right now? <laughs> right, right. And like you, I'm walking. you're walking around and The Rock is there and Gilmore <laughs> Del Toro is walking around. You're like, what am I about to do? I know. I'm about to go do my comedy? I know. Was So was The Rock? Was the rock sitting over there? Or they do it separate? How do they he, do it? Well, he was hanging, and then there was, you know, this is all backstage. This okay. is all happening. And I feel pretty good. I mean, I'm like, you know what? I'm not that nervous, really. And then they come and they put the mic on me. They do the wire lapel mic. And as they're putting that on me, all the nerves hit me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is real. And so then I go back, and Jimmy Kimmel comes out. And he talks to me a little bit. Very nice guy. I really enjoyed talking this to him. This is before you go on air. Before I go on. This is the first time you've met him. Yes. Okay. We're talking. We take a couple of pictures. And then what they do did on- Did that help you relax? It did, yeah. Because he was so nice. And it just, yeah. like, you know, you feel like almost like doing late night. At least uh, that time, I'm like, okay, this guy has me on his show. If I screw this up. Uh, you know, now I make him look bad. I make, you know, right. I put, I like to add a lot of weight to my shoulders if I can, <laughs> you know, <laughs> instead of cleaning the slate, you yeah. like to add on to it. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. I like to put everybody, I like to put Jimmy Kimmel's <laughs> career on my shoulders. <laughs> like he's going down in flames with you. Yeah. Right. Right. Then cancel the show because you got a bad set. And, uh, so. So it helped that he came out there. But what they do on the show is they have, you know, The Rock and Guillermo del Toro out in one room. And then when they're done with that, they get the audience up and move them to a separate room. Oh, really? And they, so they come and set, half of them set down. The other half stands in the back. And then I come out to do stand-up. So they, they have just a special stand-up room. Yeah, which is, which is nice, but also it feels like it takes the room out of the moment. Right. We went from watching Late Night with Jimmy Kimmel to now we're shuffling in to watch a comedian. Yeah, a, okay, a I got comedian you. that they've never heard of. <laughs> right, yeah. From Nashville. 
Yeah. They're like, oh, And then you this? walk out with your long hair and beard and glasses and hat, and yeah. they got to deal with you. And I mean, in, in the video, I know because I know how I sound, but at the very, like the very first couple of things I say, you, I can tell how nervous I am. Really? I mean, most people I don't think can, but I can hear it in my voice. And yeah. it's like, uh, I don't watch that video. I mean, I think it went really? well, but I don't watch it now. I mean, it's just because I know how nervous I was, so I can see it in me. You relive it when you do it. Yeah. Uh, I had a good time. I enjoyed it. But it's like, in that set, I was led to believe that, and, and I don't know who led me to believe, I'm not blaming anyone, but I was led to believe <laughs> that this would be a hot crowd. That... You know what I mean? That I could walk right out and the audience is ready to go. Right. So I had never opened with this material. You know, I did this material mid-set when the audience was hot. Right, right. They've already been at a comedy yeah. show. So now i got a relatively cold audience and I'm open with jokes <laughs> I've never opened with. I go right out, hey, I grew up in a trailer park. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so by the end, of, you can tell like progressively in that set. By the end of the set, I really had them. Like now, and like by the end of that set, I'm like, all right, now I can do some comedy, you know. But it's over. Um, but I, I still, I still am happy with the set. I liked it. I feel good about it. Uh, and uh, but yeah, I mean, it was. And then they, you know, then but Jimmy Kimmel, right before I went out there, he goes, uh, he goes, this is a weird audience. So anything you get out of them, you earned. And I don't know if he tells that to everyone, wow. but it helped me so much. Because, That's an interesting because line. I was like, okay, great. So if they don't laugh, he basically just gave me a pass. He gave you an out. But if they do laugh, I earned it. That's big time. Yeah. So I like to think he doesn't tell that to every comedian. <laughs> <laughs> he brought, yeah, he saw you and thought, I need to tell him a little something, yeah, something right yeah. here. So you do, Kimmel, your, uh, your, your road to your, does that help gigs? I mean, are you getting gigs? Like, I think I think they're a misconception. It's kind of like when the um, uh, not not last comic stand, yeah, last comic standing. It, it's like when those kicked off. I think a lot of people thought, "Well, I mean, you just win that, and then your career is golden." Yeah, and it's like, well, no, not no. You still got to book gigs. You still had gigs already booked. Did, yeah. did it really change anything? Really? I, I mean, I I've learned now that I don't think any one thing anymore, unless it's you YouTube viral. Yeah. No one thing really does it. You know, yeah. it's like it is a combination of things, right? Because when I got that, I mean, following that, I mean, I'm never really a sad person. So, but I mean, following that, I was like, dang, nothing really happened. You know, yeah. it's like, so I was kind of in a weird spot where it was like, I don't know what to do. I started questioning a lot of things like, you know, like my management and things like that, because it was like nothing happened really at all. Like, I, you know, I earned some respect. It was nice. People back home saw me on TV. Yeah, yeah. Feels good. So it served those purposes. But I, I just think it's a, it's like one thing. Well, it kind of opened. It may do things you don't know about, all right, where it will well, open you a, up. Yeah, there's a guy in Iowa now that's a Dusty Slave fan. Right. But you, I mean, you're not going to see him unless you happen to do a show in his yeah. town. And industry people can see that and go, okay, yeah. this guy's done one thing. Let's see what else, you know. Let's see what, Correct. So, so I, I had a weird, you know, Lucy was still helping me book, so I was still getting gigs. I still had gigs, and you know, but it was just like, man, I thought this would, like, what I, I thought was at least this would get me headlining in places where I was featuring, <laughs> but it didn't. <laughs> They're like, that was cool. Uh, you still got to earn. Yeah, it. I mean, I, I was featuring, you know, sometimes with, you know, uh, you know, uh, a bigger credit than the headline, and it's fine. I don't. 
I mean, every like whatever like I, the way I feel about comedy, right? Is it's like if all of what's happening goes away, but I just have to do comedy, I can go back to doing anything and be happy with it. Comedy's great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can just I don't know. So the momentum is great, but it's like the idea that you just get to do comedy for a living no matter what is the most exciting thing. All right, well, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up. I, I could talk all night, but we've, okay. we've got to go. All right, so... So I wanted, I wanted yeah, get, get some things out. All right, so I'll go fast. So then I did the Laughing Skull Festival again. This time it wasn't a competition. I had, a, I had an industry showcase, crushed it. Tonight Show Booker was there. Uh, just for Laughs Booker was there. And I just talked to them, and I had some, I had some really good feelings about things. So, you know, I thought, you know what? I was kind of offered unrepped last year. Wonder what it would be like if I was unrepped. So I, I, I parted ways from my management. So that was that was motivation to kind of part ways. Yeah, because, I, well, I just felt, You already thinking about it, kind of? I was been thinking about it since Jimmy Kimmel happened. Okay. Because I was like, I feel like something should have happened. Especially since I have a manager, I feel like something should have happened. Right. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to just try it on my own. If, if, if nothing's happening with a manager, uh, well, I might as well just save myself some money. Yeah. You know, so I did that. And then, um, and then you know, shortly after, I got, you know, JFL. I got Just for Laughs. Uh, I got the Unwrapped. Uh, because I had met Jeff uh, several times. Jeff Singer, who books that, I met him several times. And he always really seemed to like me. So I just thought, you know what, maybe, maybe my management's holding me back. So I made some changes. It was hard. It wasn't easy. I liked him. He was a friend. Um, and, you know, it ended badly. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's just another friend that I've lost. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scorched earth yet yeah. again with friends. Uh, but I did, did JFL. And then two weeks later, I got The Tonight Show because, um, you know, he had saw me at uh, Laughing Skull. But then he actually left. He didn't see me at JFL. He said he got lots of texts. About how good my set was. Wow! It was a killer. You're talking set. about Fallon, uh, just or the for Booker. laughs. The Booker for Fallon saw me at just for okay. laughs, and it, I mean my set was killer. Seven hundred seat theater in Montreal, Canada. I was worried that they wouldn't even know what I was talking about, just because kind of French Canadian, and I got some you know strictly American references, <laughs> right. and. Uh, but it went great. I mean, I was doing my wave joke, and I mean, I was almost getting applause breaks at the wave joke, Strong. and it was amazing. So I. So two weeks later, I'm in Huntsville working uh, stand-up live, and I got a call from the booker at Fallon saying that I was going to do it in two weeks. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so he just said, send me your set every night. He said, just audio record it on your phone and just send it to me. So I just started opening with the set I wanted to do every night. And then, wow. and then he would email, he would call me or email me and go, all right, uh, you know, he said, maybe think about changing this, changing this. And then and he's like, cut this part out. And then I, a couple of times I'd be like, well, I really like that part. But I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut it because I want to do The Tonight Show. And then I would cut it and I would go, oh, that's a better joke now. I was like, actually, this guy knows how to write a set. So he was helping you edit your set. Yeah, and, it was, and he was doing a great job. And I was like, wow, this set's really coming along. And so then, he, then I flew up a day early to uh, New York and I did uh, three. I did uh, Gotham Comedy Club. I did New York Comedy Club. And I did The Cellar. Uh, the comedy cellar. Did they booked those for you. Yeah, they booked it for me, and so he went with me. Keeping the rhythm, keeping yeah, the rhythm. Yeah, he went with me. He got in the cab. He got, you know, he would. We would go to the first one. We would jump in a cab. He would take me to the next place, get me right in. The fun thing about the comedy cellar was, I showed up there, and then the comics table where all the, you know, the famous comics sit. It's like the whole table was people that I had featured for on the road. <laughs> 
So I was like, oh, this is great. And I mean, you know, some of them definitely remembered me. I don't know if some of them did. Right. Uh, but it was fun. I just, I was like, I mean, I, I got to I sit. I kind of calmed you down, maybe. Yeah, they offered, they were like, sit down, you know, and it's always, they always talk about that table being the coveted table. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, it's pretty fun that I'm getting to sit here. And uh, yeah, it was great. And then I went and did the, con- I was very nervous to do the cellar. And so, but I just did my five. It's also, I'm nervous because I'm like, no matter what happens, I can't change course. If this joke's not working, I'm locked in. Right. So I did that. Uh, went great. Had a really good time. And then the next day was the Tonight Show, and uh, it went great. I mean, it was. Who's the guest? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's 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 uh, like a guy from The Bachelor. No, no, that was that was not it. I don't know. It was a guy from Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. And a guy, a golfer, and uh, actually Janet Jackson did a thing after me. But it didn't air the same night. But oh, okay. thankfully, she didn't go on before me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, follow I'm not. Janet yeah, I was like, I'm not gonna have to follow Janet <laughs> Jackson, am I? Uh, but so, oh, oh, it was uh, Colin, uh, the two uh, Michael Che and Colin Yost from Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. Okay. They were the guests, um, and a golfer. And but I went out. My set went great. I was like, "This is amazing!" And then so I went out. And a lot of my Charleston friends live in New York City now. People that I started doing comedy. Oh with. wow! So like six of us that I started doing comedy with went to uh, an empty bar and convinced them to change it to the Tonight Show. And so I sat in this empty bar and watched me on the Tonight Show with all my friends that I started doing comedy with. Oh, what a what a full circle yeah, moment that it was is! Amazing. It's amazing. That is an odd moment there. Because uh, it's weird because Kimmel is later, so you can kind of plan for it. Yeah. And Fallon, you're going, we got to get to a TV. Oh, yeah. Right now. Yeah. We're, we're going. Yeah, we had time. We went. We had cigars because I can't get people to smoke cigars with me, but uh, most of the time you did. We did the pool but, hall. Yeah. yeah. Then we didn't shoot pool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> most people won't do it, but since I was on The Tonight Show, all my friends were like, all right, whatever you want to do, we'll it's go your do night. it. Yeah. So we all went and smoked cigars. And then we went and watched it. And then, you know, after that, I mean, I was able to, I got new management um, and I got, um, you know, I got agents. um, And so people have been able, I mean, really the booking process has really changed dramatically. Like I don't have to send avails and it's, it's amazing. Um, And then, you know, just the TV show idea, which I don't know what's going to happen with it right now. It's it's in a place where it's not a go. Uh, <laughs> it's just out there in right. outer space, right? But now. what happened with Nate Bargatze recently is a lot of it's it's encouraging because he had a similar thing happen where he wrote a pilot. I think they actually filmed. We didn't film, but he wrote a pilot and it didn't get picked up. And then he's been shopping it around, I guess, for a couple of years, and it looks like it just got picked up. So. That's that's. Did nice. you just break that news? Uh, no, no, he broke it on his. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I missed it. So no, no, say. I don't know him that well. You just dropping yeah. knowledge on Any, us. Anything I'm saying, I read <laughs> off social media. <laughs> uh, all right, so you got you got possibly the TV. So let's wrap this up with. But I did sell a development deal. Now you've ABC. got a development deal. Yeah, you've just did Comedy Central special. Yeah, right. I did a a, a comedy a, a shorter thing on yeah Comedy Central okay. online content. Yeah. So they can watch that. Did got, you break a million yet? Got a million views. Okay. Last time I heard you talking about yeah, it. Was it was 1.1 million last time I checked. Yeah. So a million and rising. Which, I mean, which gets you nothing. 
But, right. but it's cool to look at. It, no, right, it's right. It's really cool to look but at. But that's why I say it's like a combination of things where at one time I had, you know, no credits. Now when I, if I, I don't even have posters anymore, but if I had a poster, I could put The Tonight Show, Jimmy Kimmel, Comedy Central. Yeah. And it feels good. It's got to feel good. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So uh, where can they find all your stuff? You all, got you got your own podcast. I got, yeah. If DustySlay.com, my first name, last name, dot com. Has every as a hub for everything that I have. I keep it all up to date. But all my social media is Dusty Slay. My YouTube account. I really been doing a lot of videos, and I'm having the most fun with YouTube right now. And that's just you just type in Dusty Slay. It'll come up. No, no sad meals. No, no. no I mean, sad, maybe. No, Who knows? At some point, I got a green screen. You never know. No. But I got some fun travel videos. I've been just filming my as I'm traveling around the country, kind of doing stuff. I've been filming it and just trying to put together a funny video. And uh, and then I got some top five country songs that I, that, those are about a year Still old. Still hanging on to the country yeah. music. I'm going to do, yeah, because, oh, you know, I've done the Grand Old Opry twice now. You just did, oh, which was amazing. That's, yes, thank you talk you. about a huge thing to say. Is I, yeah. I've done the Grand Old Opry. I was so, I mean, I couldn't even sleep that night after the show was over. It went well. I mean, I just felt You amazing. just opened up for Alabama. And I just opened for Alabama. Alabama this weekend. And it was great. I mean, it, I see you got a hat. I got a hat. Right? Yeah, I was. It's but five, you had to catch that five thousand seat arena, <laughs> right? I see him th- start throwing out trucker hats, and I was like, man, I wish I had one of those <laughs> Alabama trucker hats. And then he tries to throw it to the balcony. It it just hits the balcony and falls on the ground right next to me. And I and the security guards are like, kind of motioning like they would want me to throw it. And I go, I would. I just kind of mouth, I would love to have this. <laughs> And Wait, they, they wanted you to throw yeah, it? Yeah, I guess they were saying, I guess they didn't think I would want it or whatever. Because the thing that I don't. They know you were on the show. Yeah. The security yeah, guys they were knew like, I was on the show. They, oh, you're on the show. Go ahead and throw it they out. They probably think I open for Alabama all the time. <laughs> and that you got all their hats. Yeah. I went out into the audience and watched the show. <laughs> People were talking to me, but I was like, I'm a. Guys, we're at Alabama. Yeah. Show. I'm a fan of Alabama. Like, this is... Maybe you need some sweet potato <laughs> shut your yeah, mouth right, right now. We got like, songs going yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that people would talk to me and say, good show, and not... That takes some balls. <laughs> How long have you been doing this? Yeah. <laughs> All right, check out everything, Dusty Slay, man. Thank you for coming on, dude. I could... I could talk for two this more hours. This was great. Dude. I appreciate this. I, I could talk for two more hours. Uh, unfortunately, I got to go do a show. But uh, thank you, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Check thank him you. out. Very funny, man. That's why I had him on the episode. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Just can't get enough Casio? Well, you can check out more of Casio by listening to the Jimbo and Casio Morning Show live 6 to 10 a.m. Central on therocket951.com. The website is called whopaid99cents.com. It offers you the chance to pay 99 cents to see who else paid 99 cents. Oh, well, this is this is genius. What well, says you can use a fake name? It's eating you up. I'm dying to do it. Uh, your name will be public, obviously. That's the point. Just use a fake one if you want. Okay, type in Richard Fitzinian, Will. <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god. What? Richard Fits in you. Fits in you? Yeah. <laughs> Is that your go-to fake name? Richard Fitzenia? <laughs> Down! Uh, <laughs> is that you? I'm typing it. <laughs> Don't do it. Listen live online or download the Rocket app for your tablet or smartphone. Just search WRTT Rocket 95.1 in the Apple or Google Play Store.